We already discussed this. Yeah, Nobody yeah. else. I can only we can hear it. Okay. Well, we're here to have a conversation uh, in the Dissect Podcast Studio. I am Mark. Michael is here. We're joined tonight by uh, Mr. Ben Treasure. And I was trying to work out, Ben, I think the first time I actually met you in person was in 2010 at the occurrence of a rowing marathon. That's right. Which ended with someone had their ass wrapped with bubble wrap <laughs> to get to get through like the last hour yeah <laughs> there were a number of strategies and uh bubble wrap was one of them yeah I, I, <laughs> somebody ordered like a custom uh like foam yeah, yeah, yeah. like topper right for the concept two seat that yeah. it had little cutouts yeah. for like your sit bones yeah so that was one strategy perineum yeah <laughs> <laughs> The gooch. It's a yeah. gooch pad. <laughs> yeah. Somebody thought bubble wrap would be a good idea. Yeah. I just saw one of those pads today. I was helping uh, a client of ours put his stuff together. And he, I'm not shitting you. He ordered a a Concept 2 rowing pad that's at least four inches thick. It, I'm like, that thing is going to Even be... the thin one doesn't work. So no, there's no it, way the thick one works. It's like, yeah. bi- it's like a bike seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you don't want a fat elephant bike seat. No, because then you move yeah. more. You want and one And then that, that friction makes it worse. Yeah. I put, so, and I, I, I'm still stuck on the bubble wrap because I just <laughs> so that was an extra strategy. I thought that was like a, a like a like three and a half hours in or something. Like fuck, I'm not gonna make it. And I went to the storage area or the shipping department <laughs> at the gym and found the bubble wrap as a like emergency measure. But I don't. <laughs> No, that was uh, premeditated. Okay. Yeah. Nice. It wasn't me. It was no, a friend I, of mine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, and that was a fundraiser for the Ronald McDonald House. Uh, the I, Fisher House Foundation. Fisher House. Yeah. Okay. That's right. So I had been at the gym and, and I'd come into the gym sort of corresponding with, with you guys and then came yeah. into the gym and um, had been there for four or five months and had that idea to do this fundraiser. Mostly I just thought it, it was the first endurance event that I'd ever done. So yeah. I figured, Ow. let's do it on a rowing machine. And, and was it relay or was this? No. Oh, it was just no. full on. We <laughs> wouldn't do anything with the word relay in it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, That's not and, to say we performed at a high level, but we did finish. But we were still snarky <laughs> about it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> You know, three days later, when after your ass recovers, you can be really snarky about something like that. <laughs> That's right. There's probably three days where you just like, ah, oh, man, I guess I need a standing desk now. Yeah, <laughs> I I can't. I'm I'm just not interested in the long. I, I'd say this one. I just did a two hour fucking bullshit workout, but I I I, I can't. I don't know. I just I'm, they have all these events going on right now. They're like half marathon, marathon, right. ski, and I'm like, I don't want to be bent over for three hours. No. Or uh, sorry. Well, what about it would a- take 3 hours I'd be bent over for half of it. So bent over for an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound I it's just not and I'm not going anywhere. Somebody just um this is really stupid. It's called Wad on the Waves and it's a cruise ship for oh, crossfitters. No. 
So the cruise wasn't. You guys bad aren't enough. laughing hysterically, <laughs> which is what I was expecting, Marcus. I, no, I'm, I'm getting there because I'm just trying to figure out how to well, bring the norovirus for that's time. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like explosive diarrhea for time <laughs> is really what came to mind first. But well, somebody I, somebody skied a marathon while they were on, so they outfit it with like all the equipment for CrossFitters or whatever. And somebody <laughs> skied a fucking marathon while on that, and I was just they did it on the first day, and I was kind of laughing. Because they'd probably be in so much fucking uncomfortable pain for the rest of the time that I, I thought yeah. that was hilarious. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> have these blisters on your hands. You couldn't even hold your cocktail after that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you get in the water, it burns like crazy because they overchlorinate it. But that was the same day that they announced that um, the whatever guidelines that run this shit, they... they read all the particle output from a cruise ship and apparently it's equal each day that a cruise ship is running is equal to a million cars in particle <laughs> Sounds waste. Sounds about right. What in the fuck? <laughs> like immediately the cruise ship basically came out like a whatever the chain is called. I can't remember. Carnival or whatever. They're like fake news. They tried to like immediately. Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fake news. Like, oh, did we just, but if you think about it, like they're, hotel they have to run all day like right they're running through so Plus much the fuel. buffets i mean you think about everything they have to <laughs> the, keep the, food the methane ready. gas from the yeah. fat fucks that go on we need more things. we need more rogue waves i think is the deal <laughs> well i was what would happen if they made those illegal like i mean i can't have some like you know open piped badass fucking hot rod but you can go on a fucking cruise ship like right. go fuck yourself well it's it's out in the ocean man it, <laughs> it's, it's not really near anyone it's really so it's, it's okay. really affecting everybody this way <laughs> yeah <laughs> not just the person that has to like listen to my noise pollution yeah oh, oh my god oh. so we had um sort of decide you know generally the conversation we try to start with a topic and Tonight, um, a couple of days ago, or yesterday, maybe even, we decided that we would sit down and talk about dogs. Cool. And, Love it. Um, <laughs> and I can't so, believe we haven't yet. Well, I yeah. know. It's, it's, it, it, actually, that's true. Lambert has joined us in the podcast mm. studio several times. He's, a, he's kind of a silent contributor. He's a, really. <laughs> he's, a, he's a really good <laughs> podcast co-host because he just kind of sleeps in the corner. Nice. Yeah, exactly. Like make a little circle, dig a little some spot, and he'll just like, he'll boom. add his thoughts if there's a hobo trying to sleep on our porch. But <laughs> but no, yeah, but that will be a thought about the hobo, not about the podcast conversation or something. Um, but uh, and and I'll sort of preface this. Just um, the reason the idea kind of came up is because. Um, I was fortunate enough uh, a few days ago to join Ben and uh, his wife Lauren um, and to, to, uh, to unfortunate circumstances led to some fortunate circumstances. That's right. And um, <clears throat> I want to just, I won't start crying yet, um, but uh, Atlas, who is a 10-year-old German Shepherd, yep. um, he, he developed some sort of illness. Cancer. But you didn't know that at the, right. at the time or something. And went into the hospital, and it seemed like it was going to be okay. And 
then all of a sudden it wasn't. Yeah, so Atlas was, um, like you said, 10-year-old dog. Um, we, we got Atlas as a three-year-old dog um, from, uh, from Lauren's former boss like a couple jobs ago. Um, so about seven and a half years ago, we, we took Atlas and, um, you know, bonded with us really quickly. Super interesting dog, um, as, as a lot of our friends will attest <laughs> in a variety of ways. Interesting. Yeah. You know, there's a loaded word. <laughs> we, we can get into that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Sunday, last Sunday, um, you know, on a walk with, with Ada, who's his sort of partner in crime. Um, who's an eight-year-old German Shepherd, um, and both so, are long, long hair. Uh, Atlas was a was a stock coat, like sort of oh, normal, actually, actually, yeah, normal hair. Yeah. yeah, and Ada's a long hair. So um, Sunday, he's hundred miles an hour, full speed on a walk. And uh, Monday, I was I, I you know am, I work in a field organization, which is to say I work from home. So yeah. um, kind of <laughs> doing my thing in the morning, and and decide right before I was actually going to drive um, about forty miles south for the afternoon because we had a family uh, dinner in Provo. Um, you know, 5 p.m. Monday, I decide about noon that I'm just going to take him quick on a on a walk around the block, and and yeah, he he couldn't make it around the block. Um, whoa! So he it it was interesting. Like there were two signs. Like first, he wanted to stay on the deck when I said let's go for a walk. They know what that means. Yeah. So Ada comes charging in. He's just laying on the deck, and so um, he gets up comes in after some some prodding pull his collar out and, and normally he leaps into his collar um literally okay. and, and actually just stood there in the basement wow. um so i'm like atlas yeah, okay. come on man like what's the deal and so i i collar him up and uh we start walking and and first thing i notice i mean right down the street um he's walking weird like just sort of i mean his hips were moving weird and so i was looking at it like Okay, like first thought is is sort of benign, like maybe he's got something in his paw, um, sure. you know, I mean, like a goat head or yeah. whatever, piece of glass, I don't know. Um, so we're, we're getting down the street and um, basically eventually he ends up sitting down, which is just completely unheard of. Unheard of. I'd already checked his paws and didn't see anything. So um, sits down again a while later. Um, there's a, a particular dog that's that's pretty insane that lives in one of these houses on our street that that will like hit the glass Whoa. Um, with its nose and yeah. just barking like and I've seen this dog out in the neighborhood and verified that it is in fact insane okay. um, and uh, Atlas could not resist reacting to this dog and 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 so this dog comes and is barking in the glass or whatever and Atlas doesn't even look over at the house. And that was the last straw for me where I was like, I, we got to, I need to get him home like immediately. Yeah. Um, so basically, yeah, got him home, called the vet, explained what was going on. They said, we, we have cleared some time. Like you need to bring him down. So that was kind of the beginning. So, um, I'll just kind of go through the story quickly, but, um, basically brought him in, noticed his abdomen. I had noticed at home that his abdomen was a little swollen. Um, so this series of events is fairly, um, it's not common, but it, it tends to happen with large breed dogs, um, what I'm about to explain. So, okay. so basically, um, take him in, they, they put a syringe in his abdomen, the vet did, and um, I will never forget it, like looked at 
him pulling the syringe down and seeing it fill with blood. And, you know, I, I'm not a doctor or a vet, but like, obviously there's not supposed to be blood floating around your abdomen. So mm. vet starts to explain what, you know, was, was what ended up being, you know, he, he was explaining, this is what's the most likely scenario here, which is exactly what it was. He said, typically these dogs will get a tumor on their spleen. He said a tumor somewhere, but oftentimes it's on the spleen um, and it'll rupture. And it's oh. not just the the tumor that's bleeding. It's actually whatever organ has been hosting that tumor is yeah. now bleeding out, like right. internally. Um, so he said, you need to, you know, get on the road and go to the ER. Um, so, yeah, loaded Atlas up and, and took him to the ER. And um, that was that was kind of the beginning of the end. Um, they, uh, I mean... Lauren's at work in Provo. I'm like texting her and she's Lauren's an executive at a, at a startup and, and is running meetings most of the day. Um, so I, it's, it's very common for her to not respond for several hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So basically I'm having to start to make decisions and they're explaining to me, yeah. look like the prognosis, we don't know what it is, but we're thinking it's this. They so they did an ultrasound on his spleen, saw that there were some masses on his spleen. So the next course of action is typically to remove the spleen surgically, because um, he can survive without. That's the right. Spleen. Yeah, and be... and I don't know the exact statistics. Um, I, I believe it's around seventy percent of these tumors are malignant on the spleen. Okay, and it's a very um, I come to find out like later. Um, pretty fast acting cancer. Um, I mean, it will go to other organs very, very quickly. So, wow. so basically they said for sure, we got to remove the spleen. Obviously like, I mean, your dog has essentially like 24 hours once it's bleeding out like that internally mm -hmm. before it will, it will pass away just from the bleeding. Yeah. So they so you did, you did good to catch it then. Yeah. And, and actually most people say that they, they catch it because their dog will literally collapse. Okay. Um, on the floor at home. Um, I actually have a coworker who yesterday told me that this is how her parents' dog died, and they thought the dog was having a seizure. Because, I mean, and, and I had actually seen Atlas had a couple episodes where, um, in the course of this, you know, two or three hours, where yeah. he wasn't quite hyperventilating. But, I mean, you imagine, I mean, they, so they ended up like pulling four liters of blood out of his abdomen oh. during surgery. Whoa. Um, and uh, so you can imagine four liters of yeah. blood in your abdomen, like breathing is going to yeah. be pretty difficult. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, they, Fuck. so we're having these conversations like, you know, what do you want to do? Basically, here's how much surgery costs and whatever. And they, they have to put that in front of you, but sure. I made it very clear that I want to do what's best for, for Atlas, like yeah. not necessarily for us, but like, you know, I, I want to save his life. But at the same time, if you tell me that, it's going to be a his, shit life afterwards. Well, the quality of life is important. That this yeah. is spread everywhere, then I don't want to cut him open, right? Um, so they, they ended up, basically, they said, okay, look, let's take some imaging and see if just tentatively we can see if it's in, for example, the liver right. or the lungs. So I said, okay, good <laughs> first step. So they took an x-ray, did some more ultrasound. I think maybe it was just an x-ray, but um, those looked clean initially. So they kind of came out. I, I had like 90 seconds to say goodbye to him because um, they were saying we we kind of need to go like he's in good spirits he's being pretty stoic like a stoic boy but we got to 
get in there because he's he's bleeding out basically. So you know your dog's going into the surgery and you're thinking I I might not see him again. Yeah. Um, which that was the first like really difficult moment in that. Um, so did that. They took the imaging that I'm sitting in the lobby of this like place in Mill Creek on 3300 South. Um, just like what in the world happened to Monday? <laughs> like, um, so they came out and said, the imaging looks clean. Like we're going to operate. So I said, all right, let's do it. So I went home, <clears throat> Lauren gets home from work and, uh, they, called me and said, Hey, like surgery went well. It called me actually pretty quickly. Apparently you can remove a dog's spleen very quick. I mean, this okay. was like a little over an hour later. Um, the, the surgeon called me and, and said, we we've got a spleen out, but the surgeon also said, look, I think I found a couple like nodules. I can't really tell. He described them as pinpricks, which he said is usually an indication of something on his liver. And he said, so if it is in his liver, typically about a month is what you have. And keep in mind, he's also recovering from having his spleen, spleen removed. removed. And, yeah. and Atlas is a dog. I mean, his personality is like, I, he would not have handled that. There's no, no way. No. Um, so Lauren came home, we drove over there and, and we saw him and, and we, so he's in the ICU at this point, hooked up to a bunch of tubes and we walked in and said his name and, and he was laying down flat and like shot up and didn't quite stand, but just like, and then sort of uh -oh. melted back into the, um, the mattress. And it was kind of amazing because he would do this thing with his ear where you'd like pet him and his ear would like crinkle. And he did that. And you could tell he was super groggy from, um, the meds from the meds and everything. Yeah. And so obviously like it's what water works for us. And, but we're sitting there thinking, I mean, he's conscious, like we're going to be able to bring him home. And that's what the team was telling us. They're saying, look, I mean, he's doing well, like as far as post-op observation goes, like he, he's a trooper, like he's doing very well. So we'll, we'll keep him overnight. We monitor him. So the rest of the story is basically that, um, of of this story is that we we go home they took both our phone numbers like they had my phone number they took lauren's phone number both of us went to bed thinking that our phones were on like not i mean of course they were on but um i mean it's yeah nobody ever turns their phone off anymore but we thought that it was set to ring and we actually both had our phones on silent which it, it, at the end of the story, it's not, I, I actually think it may have been better this way, but, um, long story short, I, on, with the phones, I, I woke up at six in the morning and just sort of looked at my phone, just thought maybe I should look and see. And I had five missed calls <sighs> at around five in the morning. So an hour previous and I called them back and I was standing in the office. So it's still dark. And this, this woman, um, very professionally and respectfully, I mean, as soon as like she got on the phone, I knew what she was about to tell me. And it yeah. took her a couple minutes of just explaining all the details and all the measures they took, but his heart had stopped once. Um, they revived him with CPR. Um, but she said that he was showing neurological signs. So basically his eyes were sort of all over the place. And they said, even when they had revived him 
um, his eyes were still doing that. So basically mm-hmm. what that's an indication of is that he threw a clot to his brain, mm-hmm. um, either from the tumor, spleen, liver. It, he could have also had a tumor in his brain because apparently that's another place where this cancer will go. So basically she said, yeah, I mean, that that was it. Like that's when we found out that Atlas had passed away. So um, walk back in the room. Lauren's a heavy sleeper. I'm not flipped a sort of background light on and you know she woke up and that's when i had to tell her what happened and um so that was the beginning so this was eight days ago tuesday morning tuesday morning yeah so he went in the hospital on monday and tuesday like no chance to i mean we just saw him in the icu and so lauren lauren i mean i took him on a walk and saw him a couple times lauren went to work on monday thinking that everything was fine yeah then she saw him in the icu for five minutes on monday evening and Done. then we we said goodbye tuesday morning so tuesday around seven thirty, we drove over there with um with ada our female and we got to say goodbye to him so they they wheeled atlas in and oh jeez. Um, <laughs> and it it you know um. it's like it's as sad as you would think but it's <sighs> you need to do it and yeah. and also if you have two dogs we found out like Lauren heard from like a coworker that if you have two animals you want to bring the other one in because they actually they they're really good at figuring out death yeah. one and two they actually don't know what happens if they don't do that so they'll actually sort of keep waiting around for their buddy to come which is not what you want to see <laughs> like yeah you're already sort of in the dumps so so yeah that that's when we said goodbye to Atlas so that's the really sad tale of of last monday tuesday um so i always had this vision of like the dog will um start slowing down on walks around 12 years old and and then we'll only be able to go out every other day and then they'll they'll have like a hip problem and they can't quite get up for six months as quick as they used to. And then that'll sort of, and then you have to make some hard decisions. Right. Yeah. And this was, but you've had months to sort of years. Like in my head, I'm like, it's going to be years. It's just, it's fine. We'll just walk less. (laughs) And, um, yeah, this was 16 hours. So yeah, yeah, when you explained that to me, I just, I realized like, Oh my God, I, cause when, the first dog that I have ever had, I don't know what to, I can't say owned because I was sort of, I don't know, I was, I was, I was her, you know, one of her stewards, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, it, it, Zuma was her name and, and she was an Akita and she lived here for 13 years, but the last year was <clears throat> like in preparation to, you know, she had some immune system issues and this mm-hmm. and that and just, uh, and, and eventually developed into some neurological issues and then but but there was this time there was time like yeah but you know both knew it was coming and uh um and there yeah but there was this sort of period of adaptation like right i I mean i I still wasn't prepared for you know what actually you know when it happened i mean and and because the the I mean, I thought I was or thought I could. I didn't think it was going to leave that big a fucking hole. Yeah. Um, but we had, you know, the, the it was on a Sunday. We had the vet come to the house. That would have been the 3rd of August, 2003. And, you know, set up the uh, 
catheter basically and you know gave her a slight sort of analgesia mm. you know sort of a thing to sort of knock it down a little bit and then you know gave me the syringe and uh um and then left and left yeah. you know lisa and i there and um at some point it was just like all right it's time and we yeah. got to do this and you know so it, uh, it was i mean it was it, it was pretty horrible because even even sick you know that old she's still a present she still had energy right. still filled the house in a way and and uh and and it was just weird like okay everything just stopped i pushed this plunger i think was, i recall it was kind of this pink liquid or something you know like oh it's kind of the color of bubble gum which is mm -hmm. really weird sort of cheerful thing and and then the vet came came back in and uh and took her to you know got a place that would was will you know for a you know a fee to um to to cremate her on a sunday yeah and we took her down there and made sure that you know all the other ashes of all the other dogs were out of the oven so that she um that was a know, choice they gave us okay yeah yeah so she burned you know alone and then and it was just so fucked up to be like out, you know, because we went out, we left the, the building. I mean, we didn't go that far away, but there's a fucking smokestack. And at some point, you look back, and there's like the smoke. I'm like, okay, well, there she goes. And went back in, and not, you know, it doesn't burn. She doesn't didn't burn down to ash. There were bone chunks, and so we put those bones in a grinder, and that was the most horrific fucking sound. Oh god. Um, but our friend Mike Makeley had made a, a beautiful, you know, case for. Uh, the urn with her ashes and stuff and um you know like a he's very very fine carpenter and made this beautiful japanese sort of style of cabinet no metal hardware everything perfectly dovetailed and well wow. uh, it was a beautiful thing and and uh and she's still there but there was and and as i explained to you ben that you know there was a i said i fucking lasted two days and because that was that was Sunday, and by Tuesday I was looking at breeders. Wednesday I'd had a conversation with one, and they she they just had Tamerlane. So she's a uh, a breeder in Tucson. And I was looking for another Akita, and um, uh, so I talked to her on Wednesday. She said, "Yeah, we have this litter, uh, but every all the dogs are taken." Thursday she called me back and said, uh, "One of the guys who was going to take a dog just had to go overseas. He can't take the dog. Do you want?" Uh, it's female, and I said, yeah, and uh, so that was Thursday in the sort of evening, I think, which, and um, so Saturday we drove to Tempe, stayed with, uh, um, visit our friends, uh, Brian uh, Enos, and drove to Tucson the next morning, met the dog. Named her Echo, put her, she's eight weeks old, and put her in the truck and drove back to Salt Lake. Yeah. And so it was seven days, basically, you know, from, you know, without a dog. Wow. Which I, you know. It's too long. Like <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, for, yeah. despite all of the you, th I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I thought I would be prepared. I thought I, had, you know, said... Like I thought I said goodbye before I had to. That's right. You know, in a way. But then the reality hit and, and, and Zuma had already had like a medical thing like that happen 
where at one point where she got the bloat or you know basically your stomach rolled right and um and i and <clears throat> we were still living in boulder at the at that time and i'd gone out to her her yard uh after it was probably 30 minutes after she had eaten and she probably got a little bit too excited after a few, you know, eating and, you know, rolled, rolled around, moved around a bit too fast, whatever it happened. But she was just sitting there like at the fence, looking at our, um, looking back at, at the house and just kind of hyperventilating. Mm. And so like the breathing issue, like you talked yeah. about a little bit with Atlas, I was like, I think something's wrong. We need to go to the vet right now. And, and, uh, we get there and they tell us what happened. They said, but you caught it really fast. We might be able to save her. Jeez. Um, and I just remember, you know, like, but we need to go right now. And so it may work. It may not say goodbye just in case. Yep. Like, oh, motherfucker. Okay. And I just remember sitting in the parking lot in front of the vet in this Jeep wagon here with Lisa and smoking cigarettes and listening to Joy Division. (laughs) 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 As you do. (laughs) Um, and just thinking, well, that was. That was that. We say goodbye. And they came out and they, they said, you know, you caught it in time. There's like, we didn't have to take any intestine and resect anything. We just like turned her stomach back around and stapled it to the inside of her rib cage. So right. it never happens again. Um, she's got like a magnificent scar on her abdomen that'll eventually grow in, but mm-hmm. um, she's going to be just fine. And that, I think she, she lived another three or four years after that, I think. And um, how old was she when she died? 13. <clears throat> which is how you know an echo also the the the, the akita that you know uh, followed her also lived 13 years which i think is wow. uh, it, apparently it's, it's prime number <laughs> okay can i just say go fuck yourself <laughs> but i mean between <laughs> you're right <laughs> i i mean you keep, there's this thing um keep saying that you know you're not prepared for it but I, I think one of the important things about owning a dog is this part like preparing to let them go because it I think it's equal to letting humans go like other people say like yeah it's for the big show to like you know when you lose a friend or a loved one or something but I it is a loved one to like it's family yeah. to me it's not no, any it different is. in fact yeah. I've lost loved ones and it feels not as bad as dogs sometimes it just doesn't to me i maybe that's the misanthropic thing but um the the preparation thing i think is is hard because there's well of course you can't prepare like that's that that's what makes it such a grand event and that's what changes you eventually like I, i got my i got my first dog um cricket was a black labrador she was mixed with a cocker spaniel she had the shortest fucking legs and a huge barrel chest. she was <laughs> totally retarded looking but she was the sweetest dog she was she she was such a good dog and i was really young i was in i think it was fifth grade when i first got her and i didn't know what it was when my mom like i she said hold your hands out and close your eyes and like she put her in my hands and i didn't know what it was for like <laughs> a couple minutes like, is it a is it an animal like it was a really weird sensation because yeah. i never thought my mom was going to get me a dog so this became like my best friend and like a, a little boy like yeah. just running around with yeah. my dog around the neighborhood and teaching her tricks and and uh when she was five my grandpa would take her running sometimes and 
she got caught in a canal. She jumped in after like a stick or something like Labradors do and got uh, sucked down the storm drain and gone. Like completely gone, just disappeared. And we like, we searched everywhere. All over the place. And so, I mean, immediately I was, I mean, this is my only, like I've never experienced anything. And so I was like trying to deal and, you know, parents weren't the best at dealing with this shit. So they just kept calling the pound and doing the thing and pretending like we would find her and that kind of deal. And like, I I immediately, like, I feel like I need another dog, like this sensation and other people made me feel like an asshole about that. Like, well, you you can't just like replace her real quick. And I was like, no, I feel like I, there's a void. Like I need an animal. Yep. It's the first (laughs) sensation. So I I mean, as a, I I was only maybe 15 or 16 and I was just like, I need a, a, another dog. And finally my grandpa, one last time, four days later after that happened, he was like, well, let's let's just go walk around the pound. You know, maybe maybe they found her or something. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Yeah. So we showed the pound. We're going down the aisles, and I see, like, a black dog laying down. And we walk closer, and it's her. And she's laying on the – and we haven't got a call. She has her collar still on, so I'm kind of confused as to why the pound didn't call us because mm-hmm. she has a tag, everything, the purple collar. I remember, like, everything. And her guts are hanging out, and her hip is turned. And she's just like laying there panting, like alive, but her guts are just disemboweled. And so we're like, this is our dog. So we like, you know, scoop her up, put her in the car, take her to an emergency and they sew her back up. They fix her hip. She's totally healthy. She's fine. Uh, The story turns out she got sucked through the storm drain. She got shot into a field like a mile away, somehow fucking still living. Somebody walking past two days later saw her, picked her up and took her to the pound because she was still breathing. So she lived to be 16. Oh, (laughs) my word. And so, like, I mean, this whole 11 more years. And then, you know, so I thought she was gone then. She, I mean, she could never run really the same. She was obviously fucking broken, but she was a happy dog. She got along just fine. Um, you know, when I went through my teenage angst, she lived with my grandparents and they were the best thing for her. And then, you know, when it was time to put her down, my grandma called me. It's like, Hey, we have to do this. And I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for this. Like I'm an adult I can handle. And so we went and it was the, I was not prepared for that. Cause they did a very similar situation. They were just, she was laid down. They gave her some kind of sedative to yeah. like calm her down gave us a couple minutes like how do you, mm-hmm. <laughs> say goodbye I'm like, yeah. I, uh, I don't know what to say I'm not mature enough to fucking deal with this but then they give you the syringe I'm not, mine wasn't pink but I think it, you know, I mean be, but that's a I, I might have pre- you know I might have created well, that memory just to oh but I uh, something but something I mean there's something with colors and scents but you know I I did the injection my grandma was the only one there with me and it was a really weird like I think she was handling it harder than I was. And I was like, oh, okay. So I should, you know, it was okay to grieve. Like it was, it was Mm -hmm. a process that everybody needs to go to just because you're older and more mature. doesn't mean you go through this like stoic thing. And she made it okay for me. So I put her to sleep and then I went back and I was just sitting in my apartment and I got a knock on the door and there was Mormon missionaries. Mm. And I was like, Hey, motherfuckers, you want to come in? Like, <laughs> so I just oh like, my. <laughs> this, and they were kind of like, uh, yeah, 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 like, uh, 
you know, <laughs> going through their spiel. And I'm, I just like specifically was like, why do you guys hate faggots? <laughs> like I was so fucking mean and so like ready to tear somebody's head off. Yeah. And it was just like the, you know, later I had to apologize. It was like, I'm just fucking with you guys. But like, hey, I put my dog down. Like, you know, I don't really believe in your fucking creator. That, like, it got yeah. pretty evil, but. My dog would have been immortal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which y'all yeah. saying was true. Uh, so I, there was this. And then after I did the opposite at that point, I was like, I don't deserve a dog like i don't think i can handle another one i don't mm. you know it'd been it, it was too hard like i couldn't get another dog and it was probably best it wasn't a time where i could take care of a dog or maybe that's what i kind of knew was like you know a dog is all hands on deck uh for me at it's least a, it's a it's i think it's an enormous responsibility oh. massive I, 100 mm. i mean if you <laughs> my dog is with me all day every single day mm -hmm. you know like my whole day revolves around like, oh yeah, I have to have my companion with me. And when we fly out of the country, I'm still, every day I check, like everything is taken care of because it's a small child to me. You mm -hmm. know, it's better than a child because it, I don't know, it's just better. I, I texted, uh, <laughs> I texted a buddy of mine. Um, we, we were already talking about something else and I, I told him about Atlas and, and he has three kids and, um, he, I said, I know it's not a kid. I felt like I needed to say that. Yeah. Um, and, and he wrote me back and he said, no, man, I have a 13 year old son. I get it. A dog doesn't spend 90% of its time trying to piss you off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> yeah. Really true. I, I, and then my, my, my mom just lost, I mean, she lost her one dog who was, pretty old uh 17 or 18 a little wow. shih tzu yeah, yeah and then a week after her other one who was oh, quite a bit God. younger like 13 or 14 like i mean the, the other one was completely healthy there wasn't one thing wrong with that dog wow. and one went and then a, i think it was a week and a half or two weeks later just the other one went and it was kind of i mean this weird sensation like this really weird um, I didn't know that the second one had gone and i was reading there's this really good book uh, this is kind of uh, who recommended it? Uh, Eric Matthews. Matthews. Matthews, okay. yeah. Um, I, he recommended this book on Vero, and I, I was, you know, reading through it. It's not something that I would ever find. It's like a bunch of short stories. It's called The Moth Presents All These Wonders. And there was a short story in there right before I went to bed. It's a story of this, uh, this lady who deals, like, with game warden stuff. And so when there's a death in, like, some national forest, mm -hmm. she has to contact the family. And, like, she's talking about the usefulness of seeing the body. So when you said, like, yeah, we had to go see uh, Atlas, um, it, it was a really weird, like, yeah, you have, to, you have to see them. Like, there's something about saying goodbye and touching and feeling the body and knowing that this is, like, a separation and she's talking about that process and she has this really weird thing where she's talking about this little girl her friend died and the little girl wanted to see the body and the parents were like no it's you know our culture now has no idea how to deal with this we're like that's morbid and it's weird but the little girl had no attachment to this and they finally set it up so okay you know you know he's not he drowned or little boy drowned uh, you know he's not going to respond like he's you know he's not awake anymore and she's like yeah i know goes in and she just walks around the body. She tucks him in with the blanket. She sings him a song. She places a flower on his chest. She's like, okay, I'm ready to go. So she's telling this story. And so this quote comes out of it. And she says, uh, 
now she knows how to deal with these people. She says, uh, just walk fearlessly into the house of mourning for grief is just uh, a love squaring up to its oldest enemy. And after all these mortal human years, love is up to the challenge. And I, I read that that one night and then I woke up from a text from my mom, like dog pass that whole, mm-hmm. it was just like such a weird. So I sent her that text and she did the same thing because I told her the story. So she went, you know, it's just a dog. And we say that it's just a dog, but it's not. It's this weird bond that you can't have with another creature. And you, and it's not replacing, it's going on to the next relationship. It's like moving into another companion to have this experience. And this is what I tell, you know, most friends that have dogs that pass are like, oh, I don't, I don't think I could do that again. I'm like, it's your responsibility as a good dog owner to get another one. That's right. Like it is absolutely imperative that if you have the time and the interest that you you make that bond because it's for them too. And so I had another, God, it's like a fucking week of dog deaths. But my cousin, <laughs> yeah, they just, just lost their very God. old rescued pit bull <clears throat> lab mix, uh, Gigi. She's very old, but such a good dog. And they saved her from like horrible, I mean, had her ears clipped. It was like bred for fighting. Saved it. Lived a really good life, like fifteen or sixteen, something ridiculous age for one of those dogs. And they just they just lost her. And the first thing I like have to tell people like get another one. Like I know it feels like it's too soon. It's not too soon because it'll fill this void. And these dogs are ready. Like they don't need to wait for you. You need to get over it, and you need to get another dog. And so, like to when I heard Mark told me about yours and it like, it's heartbreaking. But the second he mentioned like, well, there's this breeder in town and immediately I'm like so excited that a good dog owner is so ready to be like, no, I'm going to step up and get another one because I need that. They need that. This is something that like humans need. It was a conversation. um, I mean, I I mentioned it Tuesday Mm -hmm. afternoon so we we said goodbye to Atlas Tuesday morning. Tuesday afternoon, I mentioned it to Lauren. Tuesday evening, she brought it up. And I think she, yeah. Basically, we, we both sort of talked about it openly and said, yeah, like there's something missing. And there's something missing for Ada. There's something missing from our house. And we, we need to, we need to fill this void and, and, it would be good for everybody to mm. to sort of, you know, bring someone else in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting though because um, I I actually I was had, just going to end the podcast right there. Yeah, <laughs> like, all right, you guys <clears throat> can't go on. Uh, everybody feel uplifted, <laughs> fitter than you were when you started listening because it's a fitness podcast. <laughs> 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 Uh, okay. I mean, nice. you know, I think this idea that I, I think I think there's a problem when we anthropomorphize. Is that how you pronounce mm-hmm. that word? Yeah. yeah. Um, a dog, and and I think part of the problem with that is um, there are a number of problems with doing that because they're they're so unique, they're so mm-hmm. special in some ways. They're they're far better than humans. Well, I was about to say, don't fuck it up by making it human. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, you're, 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 you're assigning human characteristics to it yeah. and you're, you're ruining but it for everyone. I think yeah. the trickiest side effect of doing that, it comes with loss hmm. because we start, th- it's like if, if your sibling dies, hmm. you, you don't just like 
go and ad- adopt a kid like three days later and right. like have him sleep in the bed. Right, or your, your wife dies, you don't just get married the next week. Yeah, or, like yeah. a mail order and, yeah. and all of a sudden like, here, welcome, right? Like that's not, so I started, actually, you know, I, I, my instinct was that we needed another dog very quickly. Mm. Um, it needed to be the right dog, but mm. I, I just felt like the decision was the important part. Like, are we going to get a second dog again? And the mm. answer was clearly yes with you know instincts, but then sort of the brain takes over and I, I texted Mark. I said, are we moving too fast? Um, am I disrespecting Atlas? Am I, am I sort of, not disrespecting Atlas, is more like, is this going to, in my head, I, I wasn't quite going to that level, but I thought, um, is this going to sort of fuck with like how I remember Atlas and how I grieve for Atlas? And and Mark mm. had great feedback saying, no, like nothing will ever replace Atlas. You'll never forget him. You'll never stop. I mean, I guess you stop grieving. You, you start remembering yeah. the good things. But, but here's what's interesting is like there were so many people um, that as soon as we started, we actually haven't even told a lot of people that we have another dog. So that's the second part of the podcast, I nice. guess. <laughs> yeah. The news <laughs> is out. Yeah. Um, so, uh, here's an interesting example. So I have a cousin who lives in, uh, Danville, California, her and her husband, they have two little girls, um, Ella and, and Addie. They, when they found, they are obsessed with our dogs. Mm-hmm. Like they live in California. Every time they come into town, these two little girls want to see our dogs. When they found out about, we, we had to tell, I mean, we, we you know, we, we told a lot of people first and then we ended up posting something on Instagram just so sort of the mm-hmm. other people could hear about it. Um, and, and we had told my cousin and, and she had told her kids they couldn't go to school the next day. Yeah. Like one of them, um, wow. You know, I mean, it, it was it was a big deal, and so what's interesting is within a couple of days, when when we had told them that we were gonna we were gonna go meet another dog to to have a meet and greet, yeah, on Saturday, my cousin texted me and said, "This is the first time that they've like really stopped crying at home, like finding this out." And then we have we have a couple close friends. Um, identical twins who I met at BYU identical twin um black women at BYU so just and and they're over six feet tall so picture that first of all and I'll just leave it there (laughs) some of our best friends on the planet Laura and Diane um when we mentioned this to them because they they were so helpful through this whole thing and and so I mean they sent us flowers they got us a gift um they said the same thing they said this is the first time that we've actually cracked a smile and mm-hmm. and really stopped sort of grieving over this. So um, anyway, I think when we when we sort of let dogs have their place and respect them for who they are mm-hmm. and and sort of what they give to us, then again, it's not just replacing. Well, I I think that what that quote like that quote that I read really is something that's so endearing that hits on um, that most people don't realize that that grief. Uh, usually comes out in anger. It usually comes out in these immature places. But the best antidote is love towards another animal. That's right. Like it, it really like le- yeah. like that compassion that I have to take in another animal, make it part of your family, is a part of the grieving process. Which is why I think the the notion of okay, I need another dog. You need to show affection to something else because there's a void there, and it, the dog is gone. But it's your own emotional quality is not 
being expressed properly. Right. And if, if it remains unexpressed, you become kind of a fucking piece of shit. Like, I, yeah. <laughs> you I, need I, that. Lauren is, is really interested in dogs, loves dogs, mm-hmm. is a great dog owner and dog companion. With that said, she understands that more than her, I actually need a dog for like my own stability. Um, it's not that I'm mm. unstable without a dog, but she understands that, you know, I, I'm more high strung than she is. Mm-hmm. And, and having a dog around is, is incredibly productive for me. Well, I think it, it, it does. Like when I drive to work, he's curled up on the passenger seat or on the back seat, depending on what car I have. And like, I consider his health before my own schedule. Like, if I do something stupid, he pays for it. Right. So I calm right the fuck down. Like it's, it, it, I, I don't take my own life as serious as I take like this little animal or a child or like a loved one. So I, I do think that there's some aspect in what you're talking about. It's like, yeah, I, maybe I'm just not as careful, but I am more careful when I know that, you know, I have to take care of them. And this is uh, a friend of ours a while ago um, was having, you know, He's dealt with depression his whole life and serious depression, like clinical, like deep, dark seated. It's time to hang myself kind of stuff. Um, And uh, one time I got a message and it just said, hey, you know, will you come get my guns? And I was like, oh, yep, I'll I'll be right there. Mm -hmm. And so when we showed up, we showed up, you know, he'd, he'd gone through a breakup and some really hard stuff. And he had told us about, you know, the hardest part was not the breakup from the girl, but she had this Frenchie that he fucking loved. Like he would drive up, you know, 40 miles north. She would be at work all night, but he would go just to be with this dog. He'd never had a dog before. And so the breakup for him was like, he can't see that dog anymore. So when we showed up, I traded him for his guns. We got him a brindled French puppy a bulldog and just like here take this thing and one of the reasons was you know this guy <laughs> awesome this guy's uh, dependent yeah, sweet on you. custom 1911 i got a yeah. i got a i got a <laughs> eight week old frenchie yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's meet yeah <laughs> want to do a trade yeah. and it's been you know logically one of the best things uh, yeah. because it sh- like as we develop as you know adolescents especially males um, we, we're not told the importance of like connections with other living things. So if you were like, I was man, being alone is really easy. In fact, it's easier. So I tend to find solitude. And then when you get separated, being around people is weird. And so you get broody and deep and dark. And then these depressive things come in and you don't realize that you need other things to keep you alive. And so it sounds like a jump, like it sounds a little bit ridiculous, but I really do think something as simple as, oh, I have to take care of this thing is enough purpose to quit fucking worrying about your stupid little life mm-hmm. and whether you're going to take it or not or how, you know, how bad things are. Because now you're just like focused 100% on this little ball of joy <laughs> that jumps around and shits on your house and you get pissed. And you <laughs> just, like it just becomes this process of, it shows you how important it is to be connected to something that depends on you. Yeah. And, and I mean, they, they pay it back. Sure. Like they rely on us for um, obviously basically everything. Yeah, they don't have any and, thumbs, man. They can't get their own snacks. 
How you post a selfie when you got no thumbs? I don't know. I think about this every day when he gets in the car. He has no fucking clue where he's going. He's yeah. just like, like oh. you're a hostage. Right. The best is, uh, I mean, yesterday we met Lauren's mom for lunch um, in Sugar House, and and we brought both the dogs. So I, as as you know, I have a huge van, um, Sprinter van, mm-hmm. not a free candy van. Right. Um, <laughs> So the dogs are in the back, uh, crated and it was funny to your point. It's like, they're, they're total hostages. Like we ended up, we, we let one at a time out and, and Ada goes right past all the people to the front seat and climbs up on the front seat and starts looking around at the windshield. Like, (laughs) so where am I now? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then she turned around and was like, all right, I I know what that building is. So now we can say hi. It's not a park. So good to see you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Good to see you guys. So I guess that would bring us to the um, to, to, to the next step, which was, you know, that, that Tuesday night you'd already started talking about um, uh, another dog. Yep. And you and Lauren agreed, and I can't remember exactly the, the timing, but um, I know that some maybe it was Thursday or something when you had mentioned to me that okay, there's there's a possibility for this one year old, and I want to meet, and I, I don't know some. I, maybe it was that day or, or Friday. I can't remember exactly, but but I just texted back and I and I, and I thought oh, you know maybe it'd be good if someone else was around or yeah. whatever. You're gonna meet the dog and and um, so I I uh, I just offered to um, come along and take some pictures and and just and and sort of, you know be there or whatever you know the the and uh, and so that happened on Saturday and it was. Um, this. Well, I don't know the name of the 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 breeder. Um, well, it's, it's it, Natalie uh, is, Gonzalez up in up in Washington. So he, she she didn't actually. She's not the breeder of the right, star, right, but, but she yeah. is the she does the, 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 the training. And, yeah. So the breeder, it's uh, Ricardo and Jill down in. Um, they're down in Utah County, but yeah, okay. they've been in the German Shepherd business for a long time. So yeah, that's how I got in touch with Natalie. And, with Natalie, okay. Yeah. I mean, in this and, and uh, for me, I would just I just thought, oh, you know, I can, can I don't know, be there. I, I don't know in support as a friend, something, a fellow dog owner. Plus, I'm, I fucking love dogs, so um, I it, it <laughs> via a variety of texts, we agreed to meet at a park, and <laughs> I I don't know, I, I if it was ever. Um, I think there's certain people like I know I can't go shopping. I'm not going to go meet a dog and not come home with it. Right. I think I'm of the same mind. <laughs> and uh, yeah. and this, when I was driving by the park and saw this, yeah, there was like a Subaru wagon Idaho place, and there was this guy, and there was this young-looking shepherd on a lead uh, in the park. And when I was coming over to your place, I, was, I think I, yeah, I think I think I already saw him. And, uh, and then when I, you know, from far away, when I saw that first meeting and, you know, when, um, I, I just realized, well, that, 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 uh, Ben's done. He's, <laughs> this is not like a meet, greet, leave, think about it, come back. Maybe we have a conversation, no. et cetera, because I mean, so they drove from 
Vancouver, Washington, essentially. So right. stopped in Boise. I mean, it's not it's not an insignificant yeah. drive. It's ten or eleven hours. He, he went really like. out of his way to come down here yeah. from Boise to get to Pocatello. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit. You could have just stopped. In yeah. That's right. Um. And, and 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 that right there. I mean, it's 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 a it was a funny thing. I was just like like well, it seems to me that it's inevitable. And then and then as soon as I saw Axel, um. I realized, like, okay, this is a handsome boy. He is a handsome boy. Yeah, he is. He's, it. So I, I feel like, um, I mean, there was probably, I would say, ninety-five percent of the decision was made. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 I felt like I did mostly evaluating over the phone, which, which sounds weird. The five percent is just like if he was foaming at the mouth. You're like, mm. yeah, I mean, it's like <laughs> he's got a bum leg. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Even then, yeah, yeah like right. Could, he, he could still get me. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I knowing these dogs and and um, I mean, talking to getting to know uh, Natalie over the phone for I mean, she she legitimately interviewed me, mm. um, like I mean, it, it was almost like a job interview for yeah. thirty or forty five minutes over the phone, um, telling me about Axel, while also like feeling me out as a mm. as not only a dog owner but a German Shepherd owner. And, um, you know, the, the way that she had sort of explained where he came from and, and I had, had looked her up and kind of done my homework on, on their operation as well. And, um, I mean, this woman is, is like national, if not world-class in this sport, um, of, you know, this Hundesport, like doing the whole German shepherd working dog competition thing, um, so I, yeah, just sort of learning all that over the phone kind of helped me fill in. I, I, I'm familiar enough with these dogs mm -hmm. to kind of know what I'm getting at when someone like her with, with her yeah. level of credibility says the things that she's saying. So, yeah, I mean, it, it was basically, I, it, it was interesting because I, um, you know, Natalie said, I know this is really soon, but my husband is coming through. He could come through town. You, you could meet him. Um, and, and actually like legitimately your text and, and, and your idea, um, I think we, we would have gone, but it, it was enough of a nudge, I would say to, um, get Lauren sort of fully on board. And, and as you know, even, even in the moment, Lauren was, um, pretty apprehensive about the whole thing, not about Axel as a dog, but just sort of what are we doing? And, and I think. You know, we, I, we, I honestly like as as that sort of conversation developed, and I started thinking about it. I, I thought, oh fuck, I could, I don't want. Uh, I after the offer, and I was like, oh, I'm super excited to watch this, like mm -hmm. to see. Um, but then there was part of me like, oh, oh man, I, I hope that m my presence doesn't influence the decision. And you said that in a text, yeah. and I okay. and I then I, showed Lauren. Yeah, that text and I mean Lauren knows me. I think she's like, if Ben makes up his mind on a dog, <laughs> yeah, which, which I actually kind of did with Atlas um, seven and a half years ago. Okay, and and I think um, I mean Lauren, Lauren liked Atlas at the time, but um, Atlas had some, some interesting social issues with other dogs. I mean he was a um, so if you don't know, there's that, there's that loaded word again. Interesting. Yeah. So he's a. Um, <laughs> He was a Czech German Shepherd, and the um, Czech and Hungarian breeders have 
not done a very good job of of selecting that out of the breeding pool with of, these dogs. of their aggression towards That's other dogs. dogs correct yeah um they're a little mouthy with people <laughs> um but they're they actually like kind of have it in them and, and that was actually confirmed by natalie over the phone she actually described atlas when she said so tell me about atlas i said well he's um he was czech and she said oh so was he sable coated and did he have social issues with other dogs? And that wasn't a criticism of Atlas. Like yeah. she, she was like really she, sympathetic. She, she knew and, the characteristics. But she's like, and, and she actually told me, she said he's really lucky that he found your home um, because they're, they're actually pretty difficult dogs to, to house and deal with um, because they, if you don't handle them the right way, mm -hmm. like they can, you know, basically they can get away from you and, and hurt another dog and end up, that that could be the end of their life, at least in this country. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. so was the is that part of the reason that you ended up with him as a three year old? Um that it, that he didn't social like it, he didn't it, integrate with his yeah, previous it, it um so we, we got him from a friend of ours, mm -hmm. um from a friend of mine from college. Um and and they 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 had some interesting I mean they, they had like just had I think I think at the time they had they had a two-year-old with another girl on the way and were um, living in a, a townhouse and he was traveling a lot, like running a running a startup software yeah. business and basically called me and said, hey, like this is a lot for, for my wife to handle. Um, it's winter, like a winter, basically it was like November, I think, when they called and said that, you know, she's got to go down the stairs with, with Atlas. Yeah. Load up, you know, Bailey in the stroller and... Mm um you know sort of walk on a trail and it's snowing and whatever and so i that was that was most of the issue but i i would say to answer your question um atlas being atlas made an already difficult situation worse okay well not worse yeah. but yeah i mean just oh, he, more he, difficult to he, manage he added to it yeah, yeah absolutely so to speak. <laughs> added a i mean you're trying to push a stroller yeah. and then your dog is like he wants to kill the dog that it sees it <laughs> that's right yeah and like yeah. it's such a sweet boy to people in our house but yeah, yeah. i mean you, you'd be really kind of amazed at i mean we, we just saw this uh, this like romanian street dog thing and they, they yeah. they're not technically street dogs like they're not the bulgarian dogs that we saw that right. are just like wild and mm -hmm. out there they're, they they have technical owners and they, this took us uh kind of a, a a minute to figure out when we were uh, up at the it, basically it's a ski resort in Romania um, the we would go for there you know there's dogs everywhere but we would leave uh, the apartment that we were staying at kind of like a hotel slash apartment and you know the dogs fucking love people mm. they come up they're the most excited sweet and I was okay kid, these are street dogs are totally different than my experience in Eastern right. Europe and dogs and so we're petting them they get all excited and then we'd go for a walk and they would start to follow us and you know they run ahead they would check other dogs and then before you know it, there's like 12 dogs but man when they interact with each other it's super fucking serious Cut like throat. teeth come out yeah i mean there was a couple of bites on necks and we didn't realize what was going on we we're just like walking for miles and these dogs that are you know they basically sleep outside the place we we're you know staying are following us even on a we took a horse carriage ride like four miles up this mountain and the dogs that slept, slept outside our, our hotel followed us the entire way. And I was just like, these dogs are fucking crazy. Like, you know, <laughs> cars are going to hit them. Like they're out of fucking control. 
And it took me a minute to realize that, no, they're actually, they're bred to protect people that are associated with that house. Mm. So they weren't just going on a walk. They're actually running ahead and checking other dogs, making sure there's no stray dogs, making sure. It was fucking unreal to see how protective they were of people and how willing they were to fucking go at another dog's throat just like that. Like, I mean, I have thousands of pictures of these dogs with their teeth snarled like you make two interact with each other and it's not that their relationship with other dogs is we're not sure that that's a friend or an enemy. So we're just going to pretend it's an enemy and fucking kill it. Mm-hmm. And so we, I mean, it, it was, it was a cool experience just because, uh, well, a me and Aaron fucking love dogs. And so we got uh, it one walk. We had 12 dogs like jumping around following us. That's amazing. Sorting it out with each other every once in a while, which was right. a little bit freaky at some points, but like each dog on their own, the most lovable, like nicest, not a street dog, not a stray, but a very cared for dog. And finally we ended up talking to the uh, proprietor of the, the hotel uh, because we kind of made up their own nicknames. We don't speak Romanian. We weren't about to find out. But <laughs> So we called, uh, what was it? one of them was Chip. That was our favorite. <laughs> Chip and Buster. Nice. And so these do- and these guys were good with each other, but it, it, was a, it, it was like when we left, Aaron was like tears in her eyes yeah. because they're just so quickly become a part of your day. Right. Like, you know, she would sneak scraps to him and do everything that you're not supposed to do. Did she but, cook for him? Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and nice. so, I mean, the dogs are obviously drawn to her because she would give them food. But um, at first we thought like, oh man, they're probably not well taken care of because, you mm. know, it's a poorer country. They don't, but no, it's quite the opposite. Like they were fed well. They were well taken care of. It was some of the, like, when we were trying to translate and talk to the people that actually own the dogs, they were just like, oh, yeah, we love our dog. And then we saw the whole process about how they care for them. It was it was phenomenal to actually, like, experience that. In another, you know, a country where you don't think that dogs get cared for. Yeah. But I could easily see when you talk about a Czech or a Hungarian dog and how it's bred, how that aggression towards another dog, it's because their sole purpose is to protect a human. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So we look at it like, oh, what a shitty dog. I'm like, no, that dog is doing exactly what it's bred to do. Interesting. In that country, a dog can kill you, and therefore your dog is protecting you against them. Wow. Yeah, that's that's very interesting. Um, I see Axel's up moving around. Yeah, he's awake. Hey, guys. (laughs) Hi, you guys are talking about dogs. He's He's not whining, which is good. He was really pooped out earlier, it seemed. Yeah. He seemed like he had that, when the tire, the child gets overtired. Yeah. yeah. He He's definitely that, over, like, he high was level over capacity of, like before he came over. Yeah. <laughs> um, and sort of to, I mean, one of the things that we had talked about on Saturday was sort of in, integrating because he, then he met Ada. Lauren went and got Ada and brought her down to the park. And, you know, Hey, dogs don't never don't necessarily like to have new dogs you know, mm, that's enter, right. enter their world on a permanent basis. I mean, like Lambert's reaction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Lam- Lambert did his job. Uh, yeah, 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 for sure. And um, yeah, it was interesting. So we, um, yeah, so Lauren went and brought Ada, came down to the park. Um, it's a park on south temple and 1300 east i don't yeah. know what it's called but um, i don't know either. salt lake <laughs> if you're familiar with salt lake that's where the park is so and that's where the uh tour of utah yeah. goes by yeah, it, yeah, it goes okay. right around yeah. that right yeah. around there so 
um, it, it, yeah, it was interesting. So, so basically, Ada was, um, I think, hostile would be an accurate word. At I first. would agree. Yeah, <laughs> definitely <laughs> not a capital H, but a small H. Right. But mm-hmm. there's actually one of your photos. Actually, you can see her teeth bared. Yeah. Towards oh. towards Axel, and um, you know, <laughs> she basically let him know, and and it, it was interesting because at first we thought. Speaking of, I mean, it seems like one of the the underlying themes of this conversation is us sort of misunderstanding dogs and Mm. then learning that actually their intentions are fairly valid. So here's an example of that with this, with this introduction. So Ada's hostile, Lauren's very apprehensive, starting to wonder, um, Lauren's basically starting to question whether Axel can integrate, not yeah. because of Axel, but because of Ada. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're sort of focusing on Ada because she's the one that's showing some hostility in this moment. So we, we kind of just trying to make it work. And and actually, in the photo, which is beautifully, like, just perfectly timed, Axel is he's on his heels at that moment. I mean, he was at a safe enough distance; like, nothing happened. They didn't. There was no dog fight. But yeah. um, we we know how to handle him and and keep him you know, at a safe distance. But, but in that photo, he's, he's backing up and, and Ada's moving in. And so, um, you know, we ended up going on a huge walk through the avenues and, and they ended up, um, you know, sort of tensions cooled a little bit. I mean, she basically like wanted him pre detente. Yeah. Sort of like, right. We could test drive this for, okay, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was just like war games basically mm-hmm. like from Soviet union and, and the yeah. U S like a hundred <laughs> miles apart basically. So, um, we, we ended up, I had a conversation with Natalie a, a couple of days later. And, and so Axel is, is an intact male. He's 14 months old and, and he's, he needs to be neutered to 18 months. That, mm-hmm. That's sort of the rule. And it's, it's tends to be from what I understand the standard in Germany as well, Okay, which is where Axel's from. So, uh, Natalie's, so he's, so he's like a jet back. That's right. Kind of like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, um, and, uh, you know, can, can, can I be called racist for saying that or something? I don't know. Anyway, I mean, you'd I have said, to send if he if he got to, he, if he needed to get you know to be deported, yeah. You know, after having you know immigrated here, he would leave on a jet. That's, that's right. all I'm saying. No, he would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. He he has a passport, yeah. and and he's free to go back to Germany when he wants to. <laughs> when he wants, should he voice that <laughs> desire sometime I, I in his Germans, life? <laughs> they might send a plane. Yeah, everybody's <laughs> welcome in Germany. I heard. Yeah, that's Ooh. yeah. <laughs> this is too soon. <laughs> Oh, you mean like current? As in too soon? I was read this beautiful article the other day about you know some of the the fears of you know Britain pulling out of the EU and then mm. who's the big power going to be and this and that and it's like oh sounds like Germany to yeah. me. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> oh come on! There's anyway. There's um, only one choice in that question right no, now too. Exactly. So it's like well, yeah. one country subsidizing the continent. Yeah. Like, it, yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you're not going to set their own rules. Really going to dial up the Italians and say, hey, you guys want to try and run this place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, I think they had, uh, Italy had, I, I think at one point, at the at the height of discussing austerity, there was some statistic. It was something like Sicily had like 25,000 people on the payroll of the Forest Service. And I think the entire nation of Canada, which has a lot of forest, yeah, had like, like a few hundred. 
yeah or something something like that it like literally it was a few hundred or a couple thousand in canada versus over twenty thousand in Sicily. It's like, well, there's Sicily. the problem. <laughs> like, damn, there's some well cared for. Yeah. Forests. Well, they probably don't have forest fires like we have because of maintenance, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> all the nuclear, all the nuclear waste under the forest. Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. Um, so, so this conversation with Natalie. Yeah. I kind of explained what happened. She's like, yeah, I mean, it's a little concerning, but she said, look, he's an intact male. He's a horny teenager. And, and Ada just, is this, this sexy, sophisticated older lady in dog terms. And and she said, she put it bluntly, she just said, Ada's kind of looking at you guys and saying, you have brought home a pervert. Yeah. So how do you expect her to react? <laughs> That's a good no, so, no, no, no. You're a cougar. Yeah. That's called yeah. a cub, <laughs> I believe. Yeah. She's a cougar, but she, she won't admit it. Like she yeah. doesn't know it. Yeah, and, she's just not ready yeah. to play that so so basically her response was and you know obviously we have to we have to correct certain behavior with ada you know for this sort of cooling off period but mostly she said actually look like ada will figure it out yeah what you need to do is sort of gently um you know as a young dog you, you can't be too corrective with a young dog but basically she said when when he goes to like check her out like let him know that he he shouldn't do that and yeah. and he'll actually start to learn boundaries and teach you know this is this is a good lesson for probably young men uh, on <laughs> yeah, the world over like, dogs no, anymore te- yeah, teach, exactly. teach yeah. Axel some manners yeah. about how to behave around the opposite sex yeah and uh, there won't be any of that bullshit later yeah. Yeah. and it'll so, probably work better for humans if we actually introduce some sort of shock collar I, I <laughs> yeah. totally agree I was I was thinking about the whole uh, at least for frat houses um get neutered at 18 months i'm just like okay multiply that out dog years uh no it's not it's not quite soon enough for most dudes to not get in trouble <laughs> three three years yeah yeah that would be the equivalent right? 20, probably, 21 yeah. 22 make your decision <laughs> <laughs> i mean if exactly. it was like germany it would basically be you have to hit certain standards right and um, if you don't hit them, then you don't get to breed and call yourself a you know right. You're, that you're sounds a, breeder. a lot like eugenics, which also okay. So here's came a, out of yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, we we came up with a term for it. Oh, or I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> what is it? Uh, I, I'll have to refer to the text that I. Oh. That I <laughs> oh, you guys have already talked I, about I, this. Oh, fucked up yeah, oh, so I remember I, this. I, yeah. I believe I I believe I called it a designed outcome. Designed yeah. outcome. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because so Axel doesn't get to be in the program because of so he's a long hair correct but some of the hair on his back and hips has a tendency to curl it's wavy yeah it's wavy which is unacceptable in, 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 within the specific guidelines of the breed that's right so nye, they, nye, yeah. nye. <laughs> so to so to to call them a like basically to to be a schutzend yeah. like a protection dog basically a, a real german shepherd you know whatever you want to call it air quotes in in germany yeah there are aesthetic standards there are health standards they they like x-ray their hips they they check their joints there's a minimum weight there's a maximum weight Mm -hmm. and then they'll put them through behavioral tests um, Mm -hmm. sociability tests and they rate them and there's like a certain rating band and it basically if you're out of those bands um you don't get to to breed to to and and call yourself that i mean there are obviously tons of dog i mean most of the dogs you see in germany are are not Right. German Shepherds or not Schutzens, but yeah. when you do see one that you, you can start to spot the ones that um, 
the dogs that that you can tell just aesthetically are, are sort of part of that where the outcome has been designed and you watch their behavior and it's it's very distinct and yeah. and and you know I, I may be stepping out of line here to say this but if you're listening you're and you're thinking that's a crazy thing your retriever has been designed also that, yeah that dog has been yeah. bred for very specific things if, and so this is not an unusual or no, a, they just put some a, standards and they it. put some standards yeah. of health in there which is not the same for fucking pugs or all these bullshit dogs or, or they german shepherds in, in the u.s or yeah, the where they breed in yeah. mutations that are actually yeah. unhealthy for that's the dogs. true overbreeding and making them bigger than their hips can support hips, hip display show with german yeah. shepherds in germany yeah. i mean yeah you, you see german uh, so American German Shepherds mm-hmm. are sort of big black patch in the middle of the back. The rest mm-hmm. of it's tan. Yeah. Big, you know, tall legs, big bone structure. Mm-hmm. They all look the same. And, and um, you know, a friend of ours who he's become a friend of ours, but he's a um, he's trained Ada and he's going to be training both of these dogs said, you know, leave it to Americans. Like, we'll we'll ruin a breed in 10 years. Like, we'll take yeah. a good breed and ruin it. Yeah. Or we'll take a breed that's already sort of in trouble. Yeah. Like a lot of these um, smash sort faces. of yeah. smash face dogs yeah. and, 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 <laughs> and actually make them worse. Yeah. And, yeah, and push them along the yeah. the, the, the road a little faster. I, it's, it's interesting to me to, to sort of, and I, I think over the course of the next month to hear... Um, how Axel and Ada sort of integrate because when Echo was 10, I think. Yeah. Um, we, uh, Lisa and I just decided, I think actually she decided that we were going to bring another Akita into the, into the, into the family. And so this was not uh recommend. It's not recommended to have, mm. to, you know, it's, it's to have, there's a, there's sort of a, a bit of a one owner, you know, um, dog mm. uh, <clears throat> or one person that they imprint to and are, are more sort of loyal to or devoted to that particular individual. Um, and, and, uh, and uh, plus they're a handful, they're stubborn. Right. You know, they, they, they require, you know, Nikita requires, you know, a lot of attention and, and uh, um, not that they're needy. It's just that they, you know, they need to be observed uh, often <laughs> because sometimes they, uh, their, their nature, which is, you know, it's a, uh, the dog that was bred to protect hunters out in the wild from bears. Mm. And if you I ever didn't know that, yeah, if you they do a little hoppity dance, <laughs> <laughs> no, you get two of them and, and a bear doesn't, especially in a sort of small, smaller Japanese right. black bear, you know, that, that bear gets run off pretty quick yeah. um, by, by a pair of Akitas, which and there, you can find some videos on the internet. It's pretty mm. entertaining actually to see really? these. Yeah. A couple of those dogs just like, Oh yeah. Yeah. If I can come in our place. Yeah, we were going to show you what's what, um, <laughs> and uh, and so so the the recommendation with the Akita, um, generally the, the breeders, the people who know the breeders, like, ah, don't bring you know you can bring another a second Akita in, into the home if you like you know if if you are a capable owner if you are a mm-hmm. um, someone who understands the breed and can handle them, uh, but if you do that then it, they it needs to be the you know if you have a female in the home you can, you bring a male in. If you're right. a male in the home, you bring a female in. For fuck's sake, if you bring a second Akita into <laughs> your home, do not, and, and you already have a female, do not bring another female. So, of course, that's what we did. And um, and for three, I, I'm just going to say three months. I wasn't, I wasn't here. I was working uh, for, for all of those three months. But apparently it was like 
it was a fur fight mm-hmm. in the house. Like Echo wanted to kill. So Preacher was the name of the, 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 the new one that came in and, and Echo just wanted to kill her. She's like, Hey, mm-hmm. I've been up in here for 10 years. It's been my shit. You come along, you pretty little black face. Right. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> did they you, ever you, go at you, it or you, how you do get you? Out of oh yeah. How was, did that work? No, it was, I mean, I just remember these texts, you know, like, like the, there was an offspring song that has the line, keep them separated. Yeah. You gotta that, keep them yeah. separated. <laughs> that, that, that was like hockey fights in the nineties. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, you know, when Preacher was in the crate and then like Echo would like just, you know, kind of lie there staring at like, nice. just open that door. I fucking dare you to open that door and come out here. <laughs> and, 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 and then, you know, sort of a month of just sort of that, that level of savagery in a way. And then a second month, you know, it got better and better and better. And then by six months, they're best pals yep. and they're rolling around, they sleep on the bed together and they, just, and they were, they, they were best, they were absolutely best friends. And, and it actually, I think, um, you know, preacher's presence uh, ultimately rejuvenated Echo and and gave her you know another good couple of years. I mean, she just like became more puppy like, but also mm-hmm. you know had the maternal um, aspect sort of you know kind of take over, which I think was utterly new to her. I, I mean, obviously, yeah. Um, and, and to 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 you know help teach the young one, and you know to teach you know, and especially until until the preacher got to be the same size and. Um, uh, but, but when, when she was younger to sort of admonish, but also to, you know, play and teach these, these rules, it was a, it was a really neat thing to see. Um, and, um, October 26th, 2016, um, Echo, we, uh, ushered her to the, uh, the proverbial rainbow bridge and, and preach remain. And that overlap was, you know, it was kind of by design because both at the time, I mean, I was afraid I didn't want to be without a dog again, like for that, the period of seven days after Zuma died. And, um, so the, the, the idea that, you know, one would come and would be, there'd be some kind of period of overlap and then preacher will, you know, I don't know what'll happen now with that. Um, but the, 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 that idea of, you know, there's a territorial bit to it. Um, but all and and honestly, I don't speak. I mean, I sometimes I think I can speak dog, but um, I don't know exactly what it is. But so I would assign it to be sort of a territorial thing in a way. And it's I mean it's 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 vying for resources a little bit, and and, and affection and love is a resource. Um, and if, you know, you've been the sole recipient of that for a long time, and then somebody else comes along, and you kind of That's feel right. like you're getting a little bit less, maybe. But they figure it out. Yeah. I mean, they're so adaptable, more, way more than, than we are. They're very anti-socialism, you're saying. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to jump on these big topics <laughs> using <laughs> dog allegory, but it seems... I thought we weren't going to anthropomorphize the dog. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. we're politicizing. We're not... We're not <laughs> <laughs> so Ada's the Trump, and... Uh, <laughs> Axel's like a refugee coming from some other place. <laughs> <That's right>. and, <laughs> yeah. and and so he's gotta stay behind the wall. But he's yeah. o- he's the only one that has a passport. I mean I don't really... <laughs> And but he probably not... speaks a couple different languages. Yeah, he's actually he he is a little bit bilingual. He came he has one command in English and then the rest is German. So the joke is that he, he only speaks German, but yeah. like most Germans, he speaks also English. They so. came here. He took somebody else's job and he doesn't speak English. That's right. That's the narrative, man. 
course eight is going to be condensed it to a soundbite. It's he is a handsome young man. He really is. I, I think the the behavior stuff because you do hear conflicting things, and you're right. It's really hard for humans to pick up on dog behavior and explain it accurately. Uh, there, there are some whispers that really kind of understand yep. what's going on, and I, I think for the most part, it was hard. It's really hard for people to get used to this, but letting dogs work out their shit is the best way to use like when you interfere with them posturing they're very good at posturing they're like the posture means they don't have to fight and they can decide and smell and scent kind of who's gonna win if there's gonna be something especially if there's just a little snip here and there that's enough to be like oh, fuck no and they'll back down really quickly like lambert is a big of a bitch that he is as a dog because he's a real softy fuck he does not back down very easily mm-hmm. because he's actually like a fucking 30 pound you know spring with teeth and he can handle himself and it took me a really long time because he's small he's a runt and he's kind of a wuss but it took me a long time to get ready just like yeah he'll back down if he can't handle himself like he's fine yeah. on his own he can i think he behaves like a runt actually and that's mm-hmm. a compliment because mm-hmm. um so our, our trainer actually um he, he tends to prefer runts mm-hmm. because he said they scrap the hardest for resources yeah. Nice. And they're used to that, and he said it affects their personality yeah. in a really good way, which yeah. is which is pretty cool. Yeah, we had uh, a hundred and thirty pound Rottweiler in our house, and a hundred and thirty pound, uh, I was one hundred and ten oh, at the time, Cal. American Akita. Yeah, and they would not fuck with him. Like in his own house, it's his house, and like I was really shocked. I mean, they would back down and roll over these hundred pound dogs, and I was just like, shit, Larry. You could damn give him a little mojo. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it was good, but it it really did. It's really hard for us as humans who break up fights and pretend that fighting and violence is bad when actually they're just very forthright with their violence. They they know they don't want to die and they don't want to actually kill another thing unless they have to. So therefore, the posturing and the language is ultimately the most important thing. And if you don't let them have that, you're breaking. You're actually interrupting a process that's very important for them to feel safe and to establish their domain yeah so a lot of the time it's like i i'll let i mean if if another dog is gonna outright attack lambert this is you know happen i'll, I'll fucking put a foot in the dog's face like it's 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 about protecting a family member at some point if the dog is violent and not acting normally mm. but for the most part if he gets a bite here and there and like eh, they're not trying to kill each other yeah. most of the time um, you just, it took, a, it was really hard to learn that language. Yeah. I think, um, I, I think with young dogs, it's, it's a bigger risk yeah, for yeah. sure. Cause they don't know, they don't have a handle on it, it yet. Right. right. And, yeah. and it can, it can actually affect them long-term. Mm. We, we've kind of learned that from shepherds. Like, yeah. and, um, so you kind of have to, they, they don't really get it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't understand quite as well like the difference between a posturing yeah. versus and they you don't, test more frequently yeah, and, and you don't yeah. want to see an outright i mean you right. don't want any dog to get into an outright dog fight no right like yeah. but no, there's no. a difference between a dog fight and flashing teeth and, yeah, and, yeah, and, 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 and a hierarchical, and, hierarchical yeah. right discussion yeah, yeah. so <laughs> axel comes home and um you know, I, he was just for for the first 48 hours i mean so he he's enamored with with Ada, he's he's like the way he looks at Lauren is is so interesting. I mean, he's just like, oh my gosh, like 
you're the best. Right. Um, so Axel is the ladies' man. He really is. Um, but but within, you know, he, we're going on walks, and he's he's trying to, I mean, he wasn't, like, trying to hump Ada, but he's, he's sniffer, sniffing he's the like, undercarriage, prancing, and Ada, I mean, was very quick to let him know that that's entirely inappropriate this early in a relationship. Um <laughs> So, and, and right about then, we, we had the conversation with Natalie where she said, no, like, you just need to correct that a little bit. Just, Aren't you, you going to pour me kibble first? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I, we, I consent in exchange for kibble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and actually, no, Ada's, it's me personally speaking. It is not food driven. So, yeah. I mean, she actually does not like to eat, really. Yeah. Like, she'll just pick at stuff. And yeah. actually, he's the same way. It's Which is interesting. So you got to kind of decipher that, but it's a, um, it's a shepherd thing. Well, sure. the other Atlas, um, he's I food mean, driven. Atlas was just obsessed. I mean, he, really? when we got him, it was so funny. He came home and and it, it was sort of a try. It was actually a trial for like ten months. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we can return Atlas at yeah. any time. <laughs> so uh, we we had Ada on this unlimited feeder from when she was a puppy. This is actually pretty funny. So. Um, so, so the kind which has like the big, the big yeah. thing, thing that's yeah, that it'll fit the, twenty pounds or whatever, and, and which is amazing because you're just like I don't have to worry about it, like yeah. until like a and month she's got later. no self discipline that she's not going to get that's super right. obese. Yeah. So we, we, I mean, we, huh. we were at the point where we were like, we we bought, we were buying her origin. Don't if you're anthropomorphize. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, <laughs> but it's fair in this in this case. So we're we're feeding Ada origin. This is you know seven and a half years ago. It's a expensive, it's like eighty yeah. bucks a bag. And we're like, but I mean, we have one dog and she barely eats like whatever, whatever. Yeah, whatever we might man. as well ever eat good stuff. So Atlas comes home and it's like one thirty in the morning. Like we can just hear him pounding and <laughs> the then origin. three in the morning, just <laughs> pounding the origin five in the morning, just going at it. And we looked at him and he looked like kind of like a sausage. Like, I mean, just no definition between like his chest and his hips. Just Dude, what happened to your six pack? Straight tube. And, and we're sitting there like, okay, he is going to eat us out of house and home. Yeah. And we need, we're going to need to go up into the, the hills there behind the avenues and yeah. uh, maybe poach a deer or something. He I actually don't know. legitimately this, almost brought down a deer in the hills above <laughs> Capitol Hill. Oh, man. <laughs> like, nice. it looked like Animal Planet. Like, he was within oh, no about shit. three or four feet of a deer. And um, he was just like, I mean, he knew so, it was like even better than Origin. Yeah, right. This thing and it, and this thing's gonna wiggle when I bite it. It's gonna be the, <laughs> it's gonna be the best. The so we drive on. Yeah. Sh shepherds are so oh, it's, it's profound. Ridiculous. My uh, cousin, they they just adopted one who came from. It sounds like a very similar situation. They had uh, his name's Truman. He's super sweet, slender, good-looking shepherd, Truman. <laughs> And so they had a baby. And I'm just going to Harry S. And like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> they had a baby, I think. And then they didn't like, they couldn't manage the dog because they were not able to train him correctly. And then the, it was just too much and it made a bad situation worse. So, um, they, my, uh, cousin and, and his girlfriend, they, they're like, Oh, we'll watch him for the weekend while you're gone. They loved him. And he had some personality quirks, but they ended up just adopting him from his family. And so they've been they've had him for almost a year now. And the dog has completely switched personalities. Mm -hmm. Like they've managed, like you could tell it's a better environment. But the one thing is the fucking prey drive and especially where we live. There's deer. Yeah, yeah. So he comes back on a normal basis with porcupine quills with oh. like... <laughs> 
Yeah, he, he'll like he just goes at and you can't once he's gone. You're just no, like, that's right. There's oh, just no pay drive getting is just him. Yeah, so insane. So he'll see a deer and you're like, I'll see you in 45 minutes when you get tired yeah. or you know figure get kicked in the face or something. Yeah. So uh, it's a serious thing. Yeah. <laughs> so he learned Axel. Um, you know. He, he comes home and he's, he's doing that with Ada for a couple of days. And then, and speaking of adaptability, I mean, right now, like there's this point where she, she's okay with him being in the home, but, mm-hmm. um, the exchange, I guess, is that, um, you know, when, when we, you know, he's on a leash right now in the house, um, which is just, at least with shepherds is good practice mm-hmm. until they're about a year and a half, just because it's a good way of letting them know that, you know, like a shoe is not a toy and, yeah. um, don't drink out of a glass of wine, which Axel tried to do the other night, um, <laughs> and it actually tipped over onto the rug, and it was fine. Like it, it actually was fine, but um, you know that's that's why you keep him on a leash. But um, he he actually gives her a really wide berth at this point. I mean, it's it's pretty fascinating that we're you know five days into this, and and when when he turns down you know one way around the kitchen island, and, and Ada's there, he says, "Hey, man, let's let's go the other way. Let's give her some space." Hmm. Yeah, after nice. five days, which is pretty interesting. It's, it's quick, but you know, sharp it has to be. Curve. It's yeah. going to pay yeah. off. And actually, our yeah. trainer said, "Here's what's going to happen." He said, "She's obviously cool with it now. She understands that it's not going to change, but give her three or four weeks, and and his indifference is going to then be a little bit of a challenge for her, and she'll come after him in term, like in a good way. Yeah. Like, hey, man, I want your attention. Like, so, let's let's be friends. Like, be like any good cub." You, know, you just want to fly the flag, but ignore. That's right. Yeah, the uh, the huntress, and then pretty soon, you know, just act disinterested. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> I, I what what one thing that uh, I have always I have since I became aware, like '96 was my first. Like I didn't have dogs growing up. My dad. Yeah, neither um, did I. Um, and and I think he, he wouldn't let us as children have dogs because I think he had a dog when he was younger and the dog died and it broke his heart so bad that he didn't want anybody mm. else to experience that. So they mm. didn't get the any of the good bits either. They just got My dad just had a dog get killed by a neighbor. Okay. And I think it, it may have been similar because yeah. we weren't allowed to have dogs either. Yeah, so I had a um growing up I had a couple of pet salamanders. <laughs> I had hermit those, crabs. Those were the, nice. just the lamest pets ever. Fucking no shit. I mean, <laughs> and and then uh, like wow, they have claws, and actually they're just really lame. Yeah, there's there. Yeah, we can't even. It, yeah, anyway, it, so yeah, salamanders first, and then, um, then after he left, you know, I kind of came to, at some point. I convinced my mom like I, I need something, and so I ended up with a guinea pig, Gus. Who was a long-haired <laughs> albino guinea pig? So very a rare. Fucking white guinea pig with red eyes, you know. Yeah, the, the, you know. Then the guinea pig, they just shit wherever they, you know, they, sh- they don't. It's not like a dog in a crate, you know. Yeah, guinea yeah, pig yeah. will shit where it sleeps. It doesn't matter. Um, it's a filthy you, animal. It's a filthy animal. <laughs> it doesn't even have bacon on it. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, but so so my first, you know, I was what a thirty-five-year-old man when yeah. I, you know, ex. He came into uh, a custodial relationship with my first dog. And I mean, it utterly changed my life. My, I mean, I, I didn't know that I couldn't, I mean, I knew that I had shit relationships with humans and could, and, and wasn't, you know, pretty much a social fuck up. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Zuma taught me 
you know, the third way. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and it changed my relationships with human beings. It changed my, you know, my relationship to life in general. I mean, she just schooled me in, in a way. And, and so the only dogs that I've ever had around in my life, it's been three different Akitas. And, um, and, and, and for, for, for whatever reason, uh, that, that breed, the temperament of those dogs resonates with me. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't, and, and I, I, you know, I see Michael with Lambert and I, <laughs> I would never have, you know, if, you know, until, you know, you got Lambert. I mean, and I, I, I never really thought about like, Oh, what kind of dog would Michael have? You know, but I, I'd look at, you, you know, Lambert and with, with you and Aaron, and I'm just like, okay, that's perfect. It's so weird. It is. I know exactly like, I would never want an Australian Shepherd. It's not something that I was interested in. I was always like, you but, know. I, but Aaron grew up with Aussies. Yeah, right? so her okay. dad bred them, okay. and her whole family grew up with full-size work dogs, like full-on farm dogs. I mean, they had to put one down because it bit a kid's face off. Like, we're talking 85-pound Australian Shepherds. They're massive. It's like a big Aussie. Whoa. Yeah, they Whoa. look like fucking monsters. Yeah. Do they get that? <laughs> they can. They can be very, very big. <laughs> I, and okay. so when, when she's like, oh, no, we're getting Australian Shepherd. I was like, oh, I've only had black. I've had two black labs. Uh, one. But even of, then, like, I wouldn't I wouldn't look at you and go, he's a. I'm not a lab person, yeah. technically. <laughs> I mean, they're big, dumb dogs. And I love them. Like, I always love black labs just because they're so goofy. Um, but we got Lambert because she insisted on it. I was, you know, and then I started reading about him. And I, and I figured out, you know, later in life, like, you shouldn't get the dog that looks cool. That's not the dog for you. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people are like, you know, they like huskies. Well, that oh, dog yeah. is a runner. That dog yeah. is going to always go. And like, they make their own decisions. Exactly. Like, that, that's not it's funny the same. Um, I was having a, going back and forth um, by text with our friend Erica, who mm -hmm. um, has a beautiful Dutch Shepherd mm -hmm. and trains dogs and knows and has, has you know, been able to train an, an Akita and mm -hmm. some others. And, and, um, uh, and, and she was saying, you know, there's these dog, you know, and I feel the, I know the weight and then mm -hmm. you know, this, this, this momentum, like the Saturday with Axel and Ada and Ben and <laughs> you, you and Lauren, I mean, I, and, and, and it's been circling. I mean, I've been avoiding not avoiding, but like I've successfully talked myself out of having a new dog a mm -hmm. couple of times. And, and then Erica came to visit, brought Dutchie, brought, um, Lynn Christian's little Scotty, yeah, yeah. Finley, I think, um, and you know we sat out in the gym. We talked for a couple of hours, and and then uh, like last Sunday, I'm like I was here at the office late, and I was leaving, and it was probably like eleven o'clock at night or something, and um, and and I go out the front door, and there's like an envelope that has obviously been pushed through the mailbox. No postage. It's Sunday. Okay, it ain't the post person, so this is a personal delivery. I pick it up, and I see it's from Erica, and on the outside of the envelope, it says. Uh, um, it says for when you're ready, and so I squish the envelope. I know exactly what it is because I know that she makes leashes. Ah. She makes she makes dog leads. So she built. I mean, That's it's a awesome. beautiful um, black leather with brass, three awesome. rivets on each end of the loop, and a, and I mean, and uh, so I know it's coming. Yeah. You know, but um, I I I just like I I, I have this feeling about temperament because i mean i'm like i think okay ben you're you have i mean 
I've only known you with shepherds. I don't know if you've ever had a, another yeah, breed, but I, you, I wouldn't have another breed. You wouldn't have another. I, breed. I, I love question, dogs. Right? I yeah. love dogs, but I'm the same as you with the Kitas. Like yeah. it's just, I'll always have German shepherds. There is, but that's the most important thing to figure out what the temperament of the animal is because they are all different. They're all different, and yeah. and so what Erica had told me in this mm. in this conversation is like, oh, there's. You know, if you were thinking, there, there's these tests that you can take mm. that, you know, like mm-hmm. it, it's basically temperament typing in a mm-hmm. way. Um, and, and however you feel about that in human beings. It's, it's through ancestry. How pissed would you be? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how pissed would you be if he took that test and it said cat? <laughs> <laughs> Not as pissed if it said, as if it said dachshund. <laughs> um, yeah, a, a, I'm not, yeah, I can't do cat. Um, no, I don't want it. Toxoplasmosis or whatever the fuck that crazy parasite. Is. I think it's, we're gonna get an outdoor cat, just on that subject. Okay, but outdoor cats are cool. It, well, they're because they're not yours. There's a rat, there's a rat problem in the avenue. Oh, yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. yeah, an outdoor cat makes sense, but then they're then they're actually in their element, like doing their job. Yeah, and they're just out there killing, so I, that's killing my shit and eating. That's it. my no, plug. Machines. That's my plug yeah. for cats. I'll never have yeah. an indoor cat, yeah. but uh, Lambert hates cats. I'd, he loves one cat, our neighbor's mousing cat named Karen. He, the, he fucking lo- he will like there's he adores a, wait, the cat a mousing cat, mousing cat yeah. it's a, it's a, that's the cat's that's its sole purpose sole purpose and it kills so the awesome fuck so out they, of they're killing machines. by dozens yeah. actually no kidding yeah like dozens. just legions that, of these they just well, deliver bodies on your fun porch, little like. fact so when your cats get picked off by coyotes um the coyote isn't trying to kill the cat to eat it it actually kills it because it's its competition for food interesting yeah which is fucking bizarre Oh man! Because so, they're so just living effective. up near you know where you do in the avenues, you, you're going to want a rather a little bit larger out, outdoor cat on account of the yeah, coyotes the coyote. that are up there. You know they yeah. When we went, we haven't seen a coyote that far down into the. I haven't, but I'm sure they're there. We went when we oh, went yeah. on the last yeah. walk for the symposium. Mm-hmm. You guys walked ahead. A coyote yeah. went straight in between us and stopped Jeez. and looked at us and walked through. And I was like. <laughs> And Lambert just looked at it like I'm not fucking with that. I see a coyote (laughs) parked at Hilltop, which is, I mean, it's not. Yeah, I see a coyote up City Creek once a summer at least. I see you know once or twice summer. I've seen foxes up there too as well, like just a little red. We get them in our backyard. Like I I see them out our window sometimes. Yeah, I mean, I've I've, up up City Creek. I've 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 seen a a one coyote, you know, a sole coyote, but then also like a little group of three. So actually Ada and Atlas one time, um, living on Capitol Hill, this would have been six or seven years ago. Um, actually Ada was really sick, like just got some kind of food thing. So we let him out to go to the bathroom in the winter at like four in the morning and they took off up the alley. There was an alleyway. We heard yipping up the alleyway and they just took off. So they basically like went after some coyotes. And, nice. Yeah. Anyway, probably we're like literally two blocks yeah. north of the state capitol. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, yeah, it's they're, a wild state. Yeah. It's a wild. I mean, they're in the neighborhood. They're, um, I guess the good news is we don't have a raccoon situation. In the- Not there, but we used to live by Liberty Park, and there's okay. a serious raccoon issue down really? there. Yeah, no kidding. At least there was yeah. when, like, a couple years ago. We had uh, city foxes when we were in London, and Lambert fucking could not handle it. He hated those motherfuckers. They they would start cackling outside, and he yeah. would just lose his mind. <laughs> uh, like running in circles, trying to get through the window. He would do anything to kill those fuckers. But you see, like in their temperament, like they're very protective dogs. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned something about food drive. Like 
every lab I've had, you could modify their behavior with food. Yeah. E- the easiest yeah. thing to do. Because it's just like, like an extortion. Yeah. Just like, yeah. I mean, the treat. And then they'll do whatever. Lambert does not give a shit about food. I mean, he does. He loves, obviously, snacks. But he is solely occupied with pleasing you. Now, my relationship with Lambert is a little bit different. Because yeah. when I go into the kitchen the to, two-day sandwich. To, to eat, I have the two-day sandwich. And Mark, you're not going to finish that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. Mark. Look into my eyes. You're not going to finish that sandwich. That sandwiches belong to me. <laughs> sandwiches belong Please. to me. I I lay down now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It's 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 funny because I wa- I leave the office. I walk into the kitchen. Lambert just comes with me. I guess maybe he's <clears throat> been positively reinforced to do so once or twice. Oh, for, it's not that he will <laughs> avoid them, but it's really hard to modify his behavior with food. Okay. Right. But if I pull away affection or like take something that he, if, if I don't, this is a weird thing with Aussies. And I think some colleagues, if, if you don't restore that, that affection and show them that it's okay now, yeah. it, it will damage their psyche. Kind That's of right. Deal. Like they, yeah. they will curl up in a, and I've seen him do this especially when we start, first started training him with the e-collar, um, a hard 15-minute session, he would curl up in a ball in the corner of the room and stare at us like, and just be like super bummed out. And he wouldn't, t- he wouldn't come near us. He would just stay there. And we were assured, like, don't worry. You just took him down a notch. You have to you know, show him some affection, show him that it's okay. He'll come back around. And it, it was true. Like In that moment, I couldn't put steak on the ground, and he would get it. He would just stare at me. It was just like so mad. Even with a nice sauce, even with the <laughs> even with the best Bernays, if you like, put a well, glass of wine down there, yeah, Axel would be into it. Yeah, it's like yeah, I don't really apparently. like steak, but a but balsamic steak reduction really calls me home. Yeah, <laughs> so say, I'll I'll knock over a glass of wine like anybody. <laughs> he, he does get some very fine treats. He has a an extremely well developed palate for an Aussie. <laughs> one one time, Atlas yeah, was, uh, over Christmas one, it was actually Christmas last year. Um, we there was a snowstorm in Salt Lake, and and we have oh, a friend who so we have a friend in town who works for Uber and mm. and tends to use her. She gets like a crazy amount of credit every month. So um, snowstorm, she didn't want an Uber, so we drove her home. Which first of all was really cool because it was basically a powder day in Lauren's car driving through downtown Salt Lake, yes. like with no cars on the road. But yeah. came home and Atlas had finished off like. Uh, the last inch a, of, a, a of a buttered rum uh, cocktail, <laughs> oh, no. oh. which is like actually really abnormal for for the two of them to mm. pick at stuff. Like they don't, even though he's food motivated. Yeah. Like we we will leave stuff out, yeah, and, yeah. and they kind of know. And which I just think like it was it used to be a hot buttered rum, and that's not really my drink of choice. But it was just classic Atlas to. Yeah get down and he was fine like it was just classic atlas to it's like get down on oh uh well butter? i don't drink but butter rum but, but i don't know what i don't know what's mixed with this butter but it makes me feel good it's pretty funny obviously you have to keep alcohol away from dogs but it, this was yeah. pretty good and chocolate yeah. yeah my friend mariah Kramer or, had a beautiful shepherd named brutus oh that God. once ate a some you know, on, I mean, chocolate basically somebody's chocolate cake on New Year's. Is he okay? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he had to go to you know. We had for some for, for some intervention last like, Christmas. A friend of ours, their dog, Christmas day. So we we like it's actually Lauren's cousin Justin Nomad mm-hmm. Eatery. Yeah. Um, his girlfriend, he, he and his girlfriend have a dog and um, like kind of part Aussie, mm. super cute dog Maple, 
um, got into a bunch of chocolate, and that was the rest of Christmas. Is like saving that dog, yeah. basically. So oh, anyway, it sucks. Yeah. It totally. It was fine. Like yeah, yeah, maple yeah. was fine, but yeah, it was. Uh, I want to say your heart rate was up to like two thirty or something. Oh, that's like, what happens to me when I eat chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, crazy. The first year that we had Lambert on New Year's Eve. Uh, we crated him in our car, so we brought him with us, and we went out to dinner, and then we got back in the car. There was vomit everywhere, mm. and we were like, I mean, every like projectile <laughs> vomit. And he was in the back shaking, and we're like, oh my god, I think he has parvo. Like, so we called the emergency clinic. We're describing all the things, and they're like, yeah, that actually like sounds mm. like a lot like this. And so he seemed fine, though. And they were like, hey, you know, he would be like this. And he was totally fine. He was just like thinking we were going to be mad at him for throwing up. Yeah, all that's right. Shit. right. Yeah. And so <laughs> later. the remnants of a Cadbury fruit and nut bar or something. A fucking habanero beef jerky packet <laughs> was ripped open. I thought I almost had beer come up my nose. Just and, it, <laughs> and it wasn't vomit. He had shit hit right out. <laughs> they had gone straight through him. His stomach revolted and just like spewed nope. everywhere. Do not keep this on board. Holy. Or do whatever you need to oh, do. It was a disaster. So we had to like, in the parking garage we were in, we're like cleaning out the car. It was a fucking nightmare. One of the, I think it was the <laughs> third or fourth, second or third night we had Atlas ever. He, um, this is the last night we had this particular trash can. He figured out how to get the lid open. I had grilled some uh, chicken thighs the the guy wolfed down the bones of like oh. three or four chicken thighs in like 10 seconds yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like was completely fine nice oh. like the next so then we started calling him like old iron belly were it's they like, were they what? cooked yeah they were cooked which actually is it's like more dangerous more dangerous because yeah, yeah, yeah. they'll fragment because raw they can just pulverize right yeah. but i mean it was just like what did we just see? Like, who is this dog that oh, A, wow. figured out how to open the garbage can and B, just was totally fine just slamming those chicken, chicken bones thighs. and then had oh, like no gosh. problem. Like, that So the only uh, iron a- stomach dog that I think is similar, this dog Trigger, who is a very hard up Belgian Malinois from a guy that I was training in Kentucky. He had, uh, he had a really pretty brindled shepherd and then he had this Malinois that was just trained two years old solid dog but a terror he had broken out of his crate one night and he there were there were two pizzas how did he break out of his crate he bites through plastic okay like i mean like like a fort campbell dog yeah or? like he brought he uh, he tore his way out. he was all bloodied up from it but he tore his way out of an aircraft aluminum crate Jeez. like the dog is fucking made to bite things and so one night he got out he ate and it entire jalapeno pepperoni pizza and the fucking cardboard box that housed it and then he ate like jalapeno pop i mean he got on the table and just fucking took everything out here we go yeah and he was fine he just like burped it up like just like nothing had happened it was like atlas one time ate a we had a friend in town who it was his birthday and we had some friends over we had we bought him a birthday cake at whole foods mm. like a lemon birthday like lemon chiffon 20, is the $25 whole foods, whole foods birthday cake and and we're like this oh. was this was for your friend yeah for a friend not yeah. for atlas yeah and, i was gonna and, say because because i didn't know whole foods made you know yeah. canine birthday they cakes, probably but, do but actually they probably do yeah 
Um, and they're probably more expensive, actually. Than <laughs> of course. <laughs> and why wouldn't they be? Yeah. It's a very um, specific t- sort of target. Uh, yeah, this is this like four years ago, but we, we realized we didn't have any candles. So for some reason, all of us decided to drive to the Smiths, like by Liberty Park, and we left. And and we just, but the, the, it was in the middle of the table. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and these dog, like our dogs, don't really have a history of doing this. But we come home and and I'm like looking around. I'm like, where's the cake? Like, did somebody put it in the freezer? And and I knew, I kind of figured out because for some when we walked in, Ada like put her ears down and like went to the corner. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, laid guilt. down. And and Atlas is just staring at us like. Is there more? So we we looked legitimately looked around for like ten minutes, and is... and the the it came on this like silver little like platter thing, and we ended we ended up finding it under the table. They tried to hide it. There wasn't a, a there <laughs> wasn't tried. a crumb. Like there was nothing, and it was upside down, just like. And I know Atlas ate ninety five percent of that thing, and yeah. he was fine. Like the next, there's no issues. Just, I'm good. That's crazy. I'm good. I, I I love the the guilt that you bring of the guilty because you always know when Lambert did, but he's even guilty when other dogs do something. That's that's Ada. Like yeah. I don't think Ada really instigated uh, any of this. She was just like, oh my god, this Lambert is terrible. Is fairly well behaved. Like he's a, I can leave him anywhere. Yeah. I don't worry about it. We can leave food on the table. He won't. Th- there was only one time that he, I think Aaron put like a pork roast in the garbage, <laughs> and it had still. I think it. Yeah. Uh, it was just remnants or whatever. And we didn't know that he got to it till he like started pooping on the walk. And there was like a long string yeah. <laughs> from, the por- from, from the, the pork roast. <laughs> and we are like, oh, shit. That was the only time he'd ever gotten to the garbage. Yeah. But um, he, we had a, a friend staying with us. And he had a large American Akita staying with us as well. And we'd come home. And there was like our carpet was kind of torn up. And at that point, Lambert was like two. He was very well trained. He has like more certifications than I do. And so I wasn't, yeah. I wasn't really concerned that it was him. And I was just like, oh, well, your dog kind of like, you know, the Akita obviously did some damage here. And his answer was like, oh, I think it could have been Lambert. I was like, okay. <laughs> nice. So I just like turned our camera around towards that spot on the floor. And then we went out to dinner and I turned it on on my phone. I go, yeah, no. And I showed him the video <laughs> and the Akita is going fucking crazy. And Lambert is on the couch watching. I swear he was shaking his head. Mortified. Yeah, he's just like, yeah. and then we get home, he just goes to the corner like, well, oh no, don't be, don't think it's me. It's, it wasn't it's me, not, guys. Wasn't this me. guy's out of control. It's like the doorknobs were crushed. Like, I mean, stuff that, you know, a 35 pound dog can do, but an Akita very much can do it. Especially, it was, uh, it's a good use. Uh, let's for, just say, uh, especially a big bear. Akita. Yeah. The, he was a, a super sweet dog. Awesome dog. But, not well behaved the other day i was like scrolling through some you know catalog of fucking fifty thousand photos i'm like on the computer and and i'm scrolling through and i I, I see this picture of um uh the like the the travel crate the soft travel crate um and it's sitting in the front of the living it's sitting sort of in the dining room in our old house and and uh echo's just like giving it the sniff and so that was when, because we loaned that crate. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that when our friend went and picked when picked yeah. Cal up, yeah, um, 
Oh yeah. Yeah. And so and then Echo's just like, oh wait, I smell another dog. This is this this was my this hey, this is my situation here. That's hilarious. I smell someone else on it. It was really (laughs) funny. I just kind of like totally flashed back to that that whole period when. Cal was, you know, fucking eight-week-old puppy. Yeah, and a tiny dog, and then grew into a monster, like, like 110 pounds, roughly. Yeah, I think it's around 110, fully grown. Yeah. I don't think it quite made it over that, but he was a big, big. Yeah, that that, that breeder yeah. makes, you know, yeah, it's d- an American d- breed. They're the, right? the renowned to, to make larger Akitas, but that's crazy. Uh, I, it's, I mean, it's kind of, I, I love all the, <laughs> that the dog stories are like. I mean, that that is the whole purpose behind it. Right. And we were, it comes up all the time just because, I mean, our whole life revolves around these animals, like especially Lambert, because that's our animal now. And we even thought like, God, we want another one. We could take care of another one. And the only reason we don't, I mean, I, mean, I for a while, I really was interested in getting, you know, a Dutch Shepherd or a Belgian Malinois, one of these dogs that's a little bit... <laughs> Harder where, to handle. Where there's some consequence to the to it, the to the training mistakes. Yeah, because I enjoy yeah. the training process. Like I love taking them through that, and you know, in the end, it was a personality thing. This this dog is not for me. Like it doesn't. I wouldn't do it justice. I can't do that mm-hmm. thing. And it's not fair, you know, to the time that we put into Lambert. He's he's five years old now, so he's on his own. Um, but the whole story of get him a driver's license kick him out of the house man come on <laughs> he would he wouldn't last a day in the big city mark <laughs> we kept no, saying like, you just have to trust to the process man trying to like <laughs> impose him around those romanian street dogs i'm like fuck he would lose every day like, he doesn't stand it these dogs sleep outside they scrap for their food like yeah. he would be in the corner shaking and starving like a little wuss but we it comes up because you know on our, on our last trip we we're um, we're talking about mental states and training and what that. I don't know. I got a text you. from Erin when you were in Romania that said she was bringing two home, and <laughs> yeah. I was just waiting for it. Like, I'm, <laughs> yeah. like, and then she showed up in the office. I'm like, well, where are the two? Do-? Like, oh, uh, she was serious. I she thought, was like, is this an option? Can uh, we bring these dogs home? And I was like, no, there's somebody's dogs. <laughs> 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 that one has a fucking collar. <laughs> <laughs> Chip. She wanted to bring Chip home. She was so sad. But I think that's how a lot of celebrity adoptions work abroad, too. <laughs> <laughs> Those are someone's kids. But it will give them a better life in a beautiful Pacific Palisades. That one has a collar. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the whole the whole story behind it, it was it was funny because the first thing that came, we're, we're talking about mindsets and training and like, you know, mostly it's related to business. And hey, are you going to bring the conversation back to fitness right now? No, I'm not. Oh, okay, good. Um, but <laughs> the question comes up because me and Aaron will talk about diet and you know fitness and yeah. you know the importance of whatever exploring your own capability. And one of the questions that came up pretty quickly was like, well, like what have you guys overcome that's actually hard? Because we're going into a country that is hard. Like these people, the, hardship is you know correlated. But they know real hardship. Right. And it, they see, you know, two Americans come in and teaching them about mindset. It's true. Like we are not generally up to the task of hardship. So one of the questions that we're asking, um, both me and Aaron was like, what's the hardest thing that you guys have ever done? And then like, what was the best thing that's ever done? And we, we talked about this time. Uh, it was funny because it was the same thing. We both touched on the same story of, you know, uh, no money out of work she was going through a custody battle. I had broken my elbow with no insurance. I had an emergency, um, 
appendectomy with no insurance. And then through this process, we're literally just, there's nothing good happening for mm. like a period of six months. And for some reason we were like, well, we need a dog. And so with the last $250 that we had in our bank account, we got Lambert. And it was by far the dumbest thing that we've ever done, the most irresponsible, but all, it was like what saved us. Because out of all that stuff, like you can't count on humans. You can't count on having a job. You can't count on you know your own health. But when you show up and there's this tiny little furball that reminds you that it's worth trying, then that becomes the best. That That's the reminder every day to keep going. And it sounds like super ridiculous but this is the story that i told in front of a bunch of romanians that probably don't really give a shit about yeah, dogs yeah. and it's funny because i thought that and then everybody was like oh yeah we get it like <laughs> yeah well that, that's actually similar circumstance and mm. not entirely dissimilar to to how we got ada um we were actually engaged and so this was you know when when was this like uh fall of 2010 mm. and you know we we weren't like destitute but we mm. certainly didn't have you know the fifteen hundred dollars to put down on the deposit for ada and yeah. <laughs> basically i'm like calling breeders without telling lauren we're we're not even married and um i'm just like we <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I told her i'm, I'm like, bringing someone else into yeah, the like, relationship we, we, should, <laughs> we should get a dog we should get a german shepherd and spice she, this up yeah <laughs> <laughs> She'd never had a German Shepherd, but basically it was the same situation mm. and, and actually like to the point where she had like a, she had a flight voucher on Southwest for, we were living in DC at the time mm. and, and Ada was from a breeder, Ricardo in, in Utah and basically like, I'm like, Lauren, I mean, y you have that flight voucher. You can fly out there and pick them up and bring it. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. <laughs> we don't even have to pay for a flight. Like, I like, already paid like, for the dog. Yeah. She's like, well, we, the, the money like could have been used elsewhere. And I'm like, I, I guess that's possible. Like we, it wasn't going to happen like that, happen. but it's possible. it was already yeah. allocated basically. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, it, what's done is done. Are you going to invest or not? Super. super yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. like, I can't get it back. Like, <laughs> Do you want a dog or not? Or do you just want not $1,500 and no dog? Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. And, and, and I mean, God, like that. Yeah, it's the same situation. I mean, mm -hmm. it was just like, it's exactly what we needed. We were living in D.C., not terribly happy about living in D.C. And um, Lauren was, was trying to figure out a career path at that point. She thought she was going one direction and ended up going in another direction eventually. But, um, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of just made the decision and, and went forward with, you know what, like we need to lock that down first. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it seems super irrational, but like totally is. in hindsight, yeah. it's like, I cannot imagine. I mean, the, the amount of benefit we've mm. gotten out of just and, and how much growth we've had. And, and, you know, I mean, even in the last week, like, um, I mean, Lauren, Lauren, and I have a very good relationship, mm -hmm. but the last week, I mean, it just sort of talk about a, a moment where you're, focusing back on each other and i i think you know i i don't want to compare it to losing a child because it's completely different and and i hope to god that if we ever have kids that that, that doesn't happen but um you know losing a pet is still mm -hmm. losing a family member and and um you know having to sort of go through that together for the first time yeah. um there's just a i mean an incredible amount of benefit despite the loss mm -hmm. um 
so sort of similar to getting into it and, and then getting out of it. It's, it's just... Okay, so what you, you guys are all telling me right now is that no matter how insecure I am about not being able to provide a proper life for a dog because I live in a certain situation right now, it's just small and I don't have a yard. And, but Akitas are, you know, I've been talking to myself, you know, talking myself into it. Akitas are good in small spaces. Cause, yeah. and, uh, I mean, they, they're from Japan, right? Like they no sleep and they yeah. take naps in drawers. Like. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that, so I'm, as I've mentioned to Ben, because this is, you know, it's like doggy confessional sometimes, you know, with other dog owners. <laughs> it it's the funniest fucking thing. It has been that. <laughs> it has. And I was like, man, I'm super insecure. Like, I, I, I just don't want to fuck up. I don't want to fail. Like, I don't want to be the guy who, 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 who uh, you know, can't provide a, a better life for the dog that someone else might be able to, to to do and and i don't care you know i can i can do without man i'm stoic i'm like i know i've had a dog and it taught me everything i needed and i don't need a dog right now and you motherfuckers yeah <laughs> oh, well the, the, the answer is like if you're asking those questions then you're the exact person that should just go get a dog because that same questioning means that you'll do it correctly that's right i worry about the people who are like i got a dog and then right like, I got this. You Everyone know, has that designer head. puppy. Yeah. I, got, I got this malanois. Ma, 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 <laughs> what? Yeah. It's its ears are so big. It's so cute. Uh, we had a neighbor that <laughs> got a Belgian you, malinois. You come home one day and all of your furniture oh, is in pieces. Tasmanian. This is no shit. Uh, yeah. Like six houses. Down, our our neighborhood is full. Everybody has dogs. It's like from every different breed. In when we go on walks in the summer, all the dogs go and they just chase. Like it's it's actually one of the coolest neighborhoods I've ever lived in because of that reason. So in the summer, if one neighbor is going on a walk, they pretty much have a key to everybody's neighbor's house. They'll go pick up all the dogs and go if it's during the day. So I, I mean, it's we'll get pictures sometimes. I'm like, holy shit, there's like twelve fucking dogs out there. Lambert's on a walk with 12, yeah, to, eleven other dogs. And Lambert's job is to you know herd the fucking yeah. you know Weimariners or like, <laughs> so the Vislas. Uh, so there's this one neighbor that that's so classic. I'm just I'm just like, oh my god, stereotypes are so earned. <laughs> totally Your neighborhood, are. they have Weimariners and Vislas. Oh yeah, for I sure. Everything I need to know right there. One hundred percent. Yeah, they, I mean, there's some other really weird dogs, but, but there's actually a lot of Vislas there. Um, there's three Vislas on our block and two Weimariners, which is basically the same dog. But um, one neighbor. Color. Down exactly. the street, got a Belgian Malinois. I was like, awesome. Like, I love that dog. You know, what wh How? Did, what was the breeder? And they're like, oh, we just got it off of a friend. And I was Great. like, oh, no. And I was like, how old? It was like, 14 weeks. Have you left it home alone yet? Did you crate it? And I started asking questions like, oh, no, we just got it. And it'll be great. Like a week later, the Navy SEALs use it. <laughs> <laughs> what could go wrong? Their couch was di it disappeared yeah like i mean it was non-existent that dog went through it and it was you know 15 week old dog or whatever and we never saw that dog it never came outside they never trained it we have no idea what happened to it i think they still have it but they don't talk about it it destroyed their house they might have gotten rid of it they might not have it's a do your fucking homework yeah. because you're bringing a fucking animal into your house and they all have a disposition. Some of them are meant to bite things. Like that's what they do. Yeah. I and some uh, of them have, like some of them are, some are okay on their own. And some are, you know, suffer from terrible, terrible, you know, separation, separation anxiety. anxiety. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, I had a friend who was one of the military organizations I used to work with, and and he would he, he would tip, you know he'd deploy and he'd go overseas and he had a he had a Malinois, mm-hmm. and that and it was a in a beautiful dog and and you know imprinted on him. Mm-hmm. So his girlfriend. When he would go over, go away for three months or four months or five months or sometimes, you know, hmm. it's on her, and and she couldn't handle it. No, and and, for, and, and it's just and and uh, I don't know what happened after you know after he sort of like, yeah this is the situation this dog is amazing uh, you don't happen to want it do you? Just <laughs> um, <laughs> what he I, I, I can't remember uh, exactly that situation, but he, he just said, look, the, the, yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a he's a total handful. Yeah. But not for me. Yeah. But the, but, the, but the sad thing is, you know, I got to go away to work, and I can't mm-hmm. take him for work. So he's got to stay home, and and she, and she doesn't. And, and it's a temperament thing, you mm-hmm. know. She she probably needed like a one of those little dogs you can carry in a basket or whatever. That's <laughs> you know? just the absent things. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't actually bite them. Uh, that that's the saddest thing is seeing a mismatch like that because it's not fair. To the animal, it's not fair to the person. Then yeah. people mm-hmm. think that the, you know, the animal is some kind of disposition because they bite somebody or something terrible happens, tear a house apart, whatever it is. And then the animal gets it's it's just a mismatch of what's going on. It's a it's an you know part of the, this whole dis- discussion about you know a- acquiring a mm. a new animal companion um, with Selena has 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 been that because she's just like I don't know but you know I don't know about dogs you know sometimes you know, you know I'm on a trail run or whatever and then these dogs mm. and they come around and this and that and I go that's not a dog problem that's a fucking owner problem right that's a All human problem it's every like any bad dog behavioral issue you encounter when you are on a run in the neighborhood on a trail out wherever it doesn't matter if it's a if it's a behavior issue in the animal it's a fucking owner issue that's mm-hmm. a human being thing that's why you know the subtitle of our fucking zine is a fist fight with human nature because mm-hmm. most people are fucked yeah and can't and um, they pass that off onto their fucking like no animal. my dog's friendly i'm like keep your dog away from mine because mine is not friendly <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. like I, I mean i would right. i would walk zuma when we were living in boulder and you know, and, and some dog would be off the leash, and you know, I'd mm-hmm. always the, the one day I let Zoom off the leash was the one day, of course, you know, she rolled somebody else's dog, and the person was freaked out, you know, whatever. But, um, and yeah, my fault. I, you know, my voice command was not so commanding, apparently. <laughs> um, but, but generally, I'd be, you know, out in Chautauqua Park or whatever, and we'd be on a leash, and mm-hmm. somebody's dog is off leash, and it comes running up, and I'm just like, hey fucking you know get your dog under control and they're like no she's totally friendly i'm like well it's not you know mine might not be you don't you don't <laughs> yeah. want you yeah don't, you don't know yeah and you don't want me to let her off the leash because what's going to happen is alpha female is going to happen mm-hmm. and your dog's going to be on the back on the ground totally unharmed mm. completely freaked out and then zuma is going to want to play <laughs> it's like so We've established who the bottom is here. <laughs> Let's play. And the other dog's just like, you just fucking kicked my ass. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to play. I need to get the fuck out of here. That's and and, and the, then the other dog owners, you know, your dog attacked my dog. I'm like, no, your dog came up to play with my dog without permission. Yeah. You know, without establishing like the secret handshake, without like us as owners establishing the conditions under which these dogs are going to have, you know, be sort of permitted i guess mm-hmm. to you know i feel like that start problem, a relationship that problem's getting worse lately like this whole and, and i have this theory that it's 
like people have this vision of of dog ownership and and this like animal human companion thing and and it's like i think my I feel dog's like it's, a free spirit it's like paleo yeah. plus like <laughs> my dog's a free spirit and like <laughs> You know, so we just roam the earth together, but then get in our Range Rover afterwards. Like, and, and you know, obviously living in the By avenues, roam like, the earth, you mean Liberty Park, right? Yeah. Okay. Like the, the <laughs> park, no, the like BSL. 18th F. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Bonneville Shoreline. And we, I mean, we went up there one time. We thought, wow, let's like, I don't know what happened. Like, we ran out of time for a bike ride. So then we grabbed the dogs because we decided we we're going to go on this like trail run and go up there and up there with, two shepherds on leashes and is just like pandemonium i mean they're just dogs off leash everywhere and there's signs to say your dog is supposed to be on a, a leash and leash and then if you tell someone their dog's supposed to be on a leash yeah it's th- like they get pissed at you and i'm yeah. like whoa whoa, whoa like, what I'm are just... you gonna tell me to vaccinate my kids next like <laughs> <laughs> oh had to go there did we <laughs> I, I mean it's i no, mean it's am i wrong funny... <laughs> No, I, <laughs> no, you should I, vaccinate your kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, but that's I, that's their. Yeah. It's like this whole. We're, yeah. we're back to the earth, and we're. It's like no, they're dogs. They're they walk around. You on are four th- legs covered in fur. Yeah, mm-hmm. you are their custodian. You that's know, right. And you are responsible, and and like I won't. So I mean that is a great mountain bike ride for me to like ride from my place and go up Dry Creek mm-hmm. and across BSL and down and drop into City Creek and then ride home, and I will not do it in the morning. I will not do it in the evening sure. because that's yeah, when yeah. all the dog walkers are out. Midday, great. You know, there's oh, one or two dogs. You know, and that's totally fine. Yeah. But a lot of but you know people are up there. Dogs are off leash. They're not under voice control at I th- all yeah. because voice control means like stop and the dog just fucking stops and sits down and looks and waits for further instructions mm-hmm. right um that never fucking happens no. and you're on a mountain bike and you're kind of like you know and i don't get to ride the way that i want i mean yeah i'm happy to um modify my own behavior because i'm in relationship with other human beings on the trail right so they're they're slower they're on they're walking on the trail and you know i'm not going to just you know they have headphones in they're not paying attention right yeah i mean i got a fuck i got a rape whistle in my mouth so that you know i can tell them to get out of the way with it um <laughs> or come rape i'm blowing a rape whistle are you being ra- no i'm about to rape you with my mountain bike <laughs> yeah exactly get the fuck off you know but i mean i i, I but but the but the dogs are not you know, when they're not under voice control, it's just like, fuck, now I'm like super nervous because the last thing, I'll gladly hit a person on my bike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will, dog is I won't rough. hit, right. I mean, you know, sadly, it, yeah, I'm not going to, I'll like, I'll careen off the trail before I hit a bike, but I'll run, into, before I hit a dog, but I'll run into a person. I'm totally good. Yeah. But um, yeah. The, it, it's just, it, yeah, the, the behavioral stuff is, is somewhat shocking to me that look we are we are out here we're in relationship we are responsible for the safety of these animals but also for how they engage with others right and and i i sometimes i don't see that in you know in the way that other people well this is i think this is like a you know a broader or more general theme here is that people are terrified to discipline either their children or their dog. Yeah, I was going to say, it's just like child rearing. They really do think that discipline is harming them or that in in my experience, uh, like especially when we stepped up training to another level with Lambert, like 
train like disciplining him harshly has given him so much more freedom i was just gonna say discipline them to set them free yeah and and yeah it was harsh at first and even aaron didn't have a stomach for it because it's not easy going like there's a lot Mm -hmm. of yelping going on there's a lot of like stern commands over there is no you know love going on when they're actually trying to get in to behave and to be obedient but the second they are i mean the reason we stepped it up because i was terrified that he would run out the door because he had a prey drive and then he would end up in the street or that's right my biggest fear was that you know he's a nice dog but when he sees other dogs he wants to go play he would you know go play with the wrong dog and then i can't get him back Mm -hmm. and that was after you know basic commands he was pretty good he could sit sit lay down come here all that stuff ultimately the thing is it's like if you don't if in the beginning if you're just Mm -hmm. if you are too nice Mm -hmm. with you know the guidance you share mm-hmm. with your canine companion mm-hmm. um it, it, in the beginning it develops into you know then then th- like then then the leash gets too long mm-hmm. for the like in the, in the in the behavioral sort of stuff gets it's like it's 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 a bit too open i mean i the 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 day that i basically i had to choke echo out mm. um was i ultimately in the end i was just like it's my fault yeah because i wasn't i, I had to do this mm-hmm. Because I hadn't done this, I couldn't stomach the other stuff before. Yeah, like I, on a daily basis of 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 being, you know, firm yet compassionate. I mean, that's Let's the say. story of uh, you know yeah. introducing him with Ada. It's mm-hmm. we we've got a month of keeping them both out of trouble, which mm-hmm. which what that means yeah. is work. Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it means attention, attention. It means yeah. work. It means he's on a leash in the house. It means we pay attention to Ada, whereas she's sort of like a mouse in the house mm-hmm. until she hears something. Like, it, but yeah, it's it's work, and, and yeah. what that means, it's not fun. It's not the idyllic, but the outcome at the end is is exactly what you want, which is, you know, we we want these two dogs to run around and be best friends, and they will. But yeah, I'm just looking at it, it's like, well, it's really simple math. Like, it's a it's a month of work for years of of positive outcome but you know it, it would be easy to just be like wow it, it snowed today we should let them in the yard just go run around mm-hmm. and it's like well these two dogs given the situation like that could actually have like serious consequences mm-hmm. like in, yeah. just in terms of their relationship long term and, and everything else so well, it is it's it's baffling to me that I, I people don't see this correlation with discipline and in doing the hard thing because it is hard. It's very hard, especially a fluffy little puppy that, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, no stern training happens really, you know, until they're fully grown, but for the most part, they're still puppy ish. And to, you know, use whatever kind of training style you are that, I mean, one of the things that I got caught in, cause I was always looking for dog trainers to like, Hey, how do you train dogs? And like, oh, we only use positive training. Mm-hmm. Like bullshit. That's not how any animal reacts correctly. Or like human th- being. There's no such thing as all positive training. You yeah. need reprimand. You need uh, you need mistakes and you need to like face those mistakes. Yeah. That doesn't mean you beat your dog or you harm them physically. Right. It just means there needs to be a consequence for them doing the wrong thing. And the hardest one for when we started doing threshold training um, where, you know, I can open the door, run out of it. Um, I don't want my dog to chase me unless it's okay to do so. And so unless you advise them to do so. Right. And so our dog trainer told us, look, this is going to be the harshest one because you only want to do it once. 
but they need to know that they're like ultimately that crossing this threshold when you are not told that it's okay is painful. And so he, you know, we used an e-collar to do it. I ran out the door and Lambert likely chased after me. And as soon as he hit the threshold, the dog right. trainer zapped Bam. him with, you know, likely one of the hardest things. Um, and he yelped and he got scared and he ran back inside, which is what you want. And then he was shaking cause he was so scared. And, uh, we tried it again, ran right to the threshold and stopped. Like, I mean, on cue and just waited. I've never had to teach him that again. It took, it took one time. And that was, you know, four years ago. And the scariest thing for me with, and, and one reason I would, you know, I mean, Akitas are notoriously stubborn and they have a very strong prey drive. And I'm like, I will never, like, the dog is out of the house, the dog is on a leash. Right. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. My dog went on free. Like, yeah. Okay, we can do the whole training thing where I give you the 75-foot cord leash and we do the rec- <laughs> all the recall drills and that kind of stuff. Okay, that's a different thing. That's a controlled situation in the mm-hmm. park. No other dogs around, this, that, the other thing, but always on a leash because if, you know, if Echo had seen a squirrel across the street. Oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, too. Oh, she'd yeah. fucking run into the road. And yeah. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't matter that there's, you know, yes, a, you know, Dodge Ram 2500 fucking diesel mm-hmm. like rolling down the road it doesn't matter the squirrel is the only thing that exists and, and the dogs become functionally deaf and I just mm-hmm. I remember one time we were uh, in Colorado uh, visiting some friends and and we went out on a hike and you know Zuma saw or smelled an elk and was gone for like four hours <laughs> and it's like oh fuck she's good. okay maybe she's never coming back yeah, you know, maybe maybe the maybe she got you know lured into a pack of coyotes and like jumped or you know whatever. I hope it was good, um, <laughs> but it, it just just like okay, the dog is unleashed because I do not want to be responsible. Mm. Like I can't like I I have the opportunity to sort of maintain control. Mm-hmm. I relinquish that. The dog gets hurt or killed. It's not the dog's fault. It's my, I'm, I'm a bad steward. I'm a shit custodian mm-hmm. for, for a dog who's, you know, done nothing but improve, made my life better. So why don't I, like, I, and I, and I don't, and I've, you know, I, I know that there are Akitas that have been trained to be off leash. Mm-hmm. Um, Erica actually has a friend, I think in Seattle who. Yeah, I've seen has, it actually. Who's 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 had yeah. you know she has has an Akita that's that 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 it's good off leash and and that girl takes you know her that that dog uh goes hunting. Oh yeah. Like they go together. The dog is off leash and the dog hunts. Nice raccoons, you know whatever they go out at night. That's pretty good. Yeah, it sounds kind of cool. You but, can't, uh, but uh, it's but it's just, a heavy that that's that is. I mean, Lambert doesn't have a high prey drive. So it was really easy to start doing off-leash training with him. And he has fairly good recall even without uh, like a stimulus or a tick. Okay. Like he, he, we have a neighborhood orange cat that he hates and I can stop <laughs> him in his tracks. Like he'll, he'll get all fluffed up, go to chase, and I can call him out of it before he even hits the end of the driveway. And so uh, that, that took a while to develop, but I don't think he could do that with like my neighbor's German Shepherd. Right. Like that, I don't think that is in his wheelhouse because the drive is just too high. He goes functionally deaf, like you like yeah. you mentioned. But I have seen an Akita uh, off lead, um, fully in control around other dogs. Everything. It was and that would that would be a, a a wonderful capability to have. I'd I'd 
I mean, I think that's I could try. probably like but, a professional dog handler and a professional dog with years of training. I mean, all of those things are things that are not at least in the three of our wheelhouses. Yeah. Like, I mean, one I mean, of the, actually one of the coolest, you know, training jobs I did with the military, I think would have been 23rd spring of for sort of, yeah, late winter, early spring, 2013. Um, we had some guys from uh, one of the Navy units that, that runs dogs um, came out to Colorado, and Vince Anderson and I did a whole sort of cold weather, five day cold weather training package with uh, with three handlers, three Malinois, um, the master trainer, and um, and, and then uh, one of the operators that came came out, and um, and it was the fucking that was like. Of everything we, I mean, yeah, it was cool to climb a kindling with, you know, two different trips with those guys mm-hmm. and do a bunch of other climbing in different countries around the world and, and, and in, in the U.S. and everything. But that trip with those three dogs was fucking amazing because mm-hmm. the w- one night we took them out to, uh, we were above Berthoud Pass in Colorado. And so, you know, somewhere around 12.5 or something like that. And it was minus 10 outside and. And, you know, made everybody dig snow caves and, you know, this and that. And the dogs are just, and they're out there. One of them would wear boots. The other ones didn't seem to um, appreciate the boots so much. The weird giraffe walk in. bear did that. I, I mean, just to kind, of, kind of tear them off. But but it was really cool like to, to go out and then, it, you know, do some bite work at night and mm. this and that. And, and they, you know, cool. they had they had clothing that smelled a particular way that had been, you know, <laughs> imported into the U.S. from a different country, you know, where... The dogs would be going to work, and, and and just to watch this whole scenario was amazing. But these and, and these dogs that that night in the snow caves, they're just there's like one of the guys came out in the morning and was like, "So how'd you sleep?" And he goes, "Well, it was really warm." I'm like, "Well, what do you mean?" He goes, "Well, so it you know had like a you know foam pad laid out for the dog inside the snow cave and this and that, but like within 15 minutes that dog was in my fucking sleeping bag. <laughs> like, <laughs> like the dog just is like, no, dude, I am in there with you.' And he's like, by the end, like the sleeping bag is totally unzipped, and I'm like, the dog's like basically we're spooning with a fucking mal, <laughs> you know, nearly 13,000 feet in the in the you know the Colorado Rockies, and." It, but but just to watch those those dogs and how the how they would um, would, would train and the master trainer was said look basically you're bribing them all the time right mm-hmm. you you know you're paying them for for yep. behavior and um and and that's the way that they would you know train those particular dogs mm. and but they just like just watching them move around like in the in the backcountry like that in the snow it was pretty cool so fucking yeah. cool God that, those are the I think you showed me video. But they it was that the the one with the two collars on it because one just wasn't enough to get it to release its bite, so they have a backup. So they have a backup or, 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 or an e collar on yeah. it, yeah. But yeah. but and that was also a thing where like there was the, at that time in North America, um, only the uh, was it J Taff. The, mm-hmm. Only the the Canadians had run cold weather training for their dogs. Oh, um, and so so oh, this shit. particular evolution, you know, there was there was this whole backcountry back skiing thing. There was the overnight in the snow caves and figuring out how to take care of the dogs and this and that, that the other thing. And then it was like getting them on like to ride on snowmobiles. That's awesome. Which was. Um, like the the video of that, like dogs sitting on the snowmobile in front of their like, he's just fucking just did rip they it were, Did they wear doggles? Uh, <sighs> they, they on the snowmobiles. No, they did not. Okay. Um, but but they were going, you know, pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but That's but awesome. but it just takes like 
with and those and those mouths are so um i was gonna say adaptable maybe it's flexible it's 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 something but you know introduce them to a task one or two times with the right i say that they're confident like that that's the the quality that i think is un like is super distinguishable to a mal its ability to just like do something and not think about the consequences no that's it i mean it's fucking insane like i mean drops from like you know jump into their handler's arms from 20 foot edges without i mean they don't blink they just jump and and know or climb ladders or cross ropes or do obstacle courses it's so bizarre but and a shepherd will if you i had a friend who was a canine cop Mm. and and former marine and became a canine cop and he he kind of explained the difference between german shepherds and mouths and in his mind was you know if he if he explained that if he called a dog to that task like jumping Mm. you know off a you know some big barrier into the arms of the handler the mal the mally will do it the Mm. shepherd will actually like sit there and try to devise like a, a better way of doing it he'll for think. yeah he'll think about it like well like yeah. i could go around or i could sort of shimmy down that other end and then come to you and then what's the big difference it's just 30 seconds later yeah and he's like you know there's just different outcomes that mm-hmm. you need depending on the task so it, it's super interesting i mean and those dogs are the best at it i think oh they're they're great to watch them to do like by if you i think everybody should like get bit by a mal as it were with i've like been hit sleeve. with a sleeve once and yeah. it's pretty into, i mean a 55 pound dog yeah. and yeah i mean it hit like a like a linebacker like a what? division one linebacker I mean, it, was uh, it is it awesome. was like a 200 pound man throwing yeah. me around yeah it yeah. was unbelievable yeah. to me and i had a small mal uh the first time we used a french shepherd for the second one which is a a little bit bigger i think it was like 70 pounds that dog died in the line of duty later but I um I, I was offered the opportunity once back <laughs> east. I was uh, one of those training jobs, and I was like, "Do do you want to uh, do you want to put the bite suit on or whatever?" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> and he goes, "Well, n- n- how about this? I'll give you a 400 yard head start." No, it's <laughs> oh, no. even worse. That's worse. <laughs> and, I was just, I was, and uh and the way that he said it to me, God bless you, Pope. Um. The way that he said it to me is like, I, I knew that it was that, that no was the answer. Yeah. That uh, like ba- basically, I'll give you a four hundred yard head start. You still won't have a chance. You know, like, <laughs> no like and, and and I I didn't I don't know I didn't feel like I needed to experience that for whatever reason. But I, and I also realized <laughs> that I am so far outside of this that like like I I feel like a complete imposter. You know, mm. even talking about dog training or but you know because. Yeah, I've been around these dogs, but or, or been around dogs, but I, on my own, I have you know never sort of um, trained one to a good conclusion. So oh, I, at the I level just, that like what they're capable of is oh not, not even not even insane, that. I mean, I'm 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 not even talking about that. I'm talking about like I you know when when. The, the, every Akita that I was around, I was with someone else, you know, that when I wasn't there that, you know, Lisa could take, you know, re- responsibility and, yeah. and more responsibility than me because I was a fucking new guy. And, um, and now that's part of the insecurity of, you know, like, well, and the fear of failure is so like, Jesus, I don't know if I can. Do well, now the first ones were just preparing you to do it yourself. I, I don't disagree. It's still, 
like an inc- mm. I, I just feel like it's an incredible weight and that it, I sh- that it need that and that weight needs to be respected oh, yeah. which doesn't mean to be avoided it just no. means like okay I've now been thinking about it for a little <laughs> while and now like there's momentum I was talking to Lauren about it and about you specifically in this decision and um, we don't have kids but and if we had kids, we would vaccinate them for the record. Um, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Measles are bad. They used to be um, eradicated. Anyway, yeah. um, we, were, we were talking about this and, and she brought up, you know, we, we don't have kids, but she said it's the same thing with children. Like the, the best qualified people to be parents mm-hmm. sometimes rationalize their way out of it through insecurity, but they would be the best ones. Yeah, and because and they're, it's, yeah. And it's the same with, with dogs. And she's like, I mean, Mark is like so in tune with these animals. Like, and so that, that was her feedback. It's true. You see it. Like you see any dog, like I, and I, I like this because, you know, if Mark walks into a room with 30 people that he knows and a dog that he doesn't, that's right. The, the dog is the one that gets the attention first, which, which is something that I feel is super important to keep yeah. doing. Yeah. Uh, like th- that behavior makes sense to me The the people can wait. I think the first time Mark <laughs> came into our house in the avenues within 15 seconds, he was sitting on the floor <laughs> with the dogs. Yeah, Yeah. Which I was like, I don't think anyone has done that yet. I mean, people had, Obviously, we have tons of friends that love... Well, we don't have tons of friends. We have friends that love the dogs. Sure. But um, I don't think anybody had come in and just done that immediately. So it's just pretty cool. Uh, it's the only thing that makes sense is for Mark to have dogs. But I was being respectful and letting him find his own. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's what... Yeah. But I mean, at some point, like, um, you know, like you did with your friend, you, like Michael's just going to show up with a Frenchie. And and give it to you and not a Frenchie, <laughs> Michael. If you show up with a Frenchie, <laughs> I, this is something that I don't like. Uh, we we always said this business was going to end in arson. <laughs> if I show up sh- with a Frenchie, that's gonna you happen. would kindly place it with a, a Frenchie owner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I I know a couple. I, I mean, I know I know. I have a friend in California who's got, got a couple good friends that are Frenchy owners. Frenchy owners. If they like them, they like them. Yeah. Go and I know, like. There's some people that really like. I mean. Uh, what's the um, the Labradoodle or whatever? Yeah, I'm like I just they're like, popular now. I get it. Like they're super generic dogs. Like I just don't. I love if I see one, but, I'll pet it and I'll be you know. But it's you know a dog, the but. you know the Foz. Hmm. Christie's. Oh no! I never Did, met her. You dog. never met the Foz. No, I didn't. Once you would come work on me, in oh really? Michigan, yeah, the Foz would come and he just like lay under the table for <laughs> oh, you know awesome. five hours that she was you know doing body work <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, it's like I'm not a super fan of the yeah, yeah of, the breed. Of, of of that particular breed, but that dog. It's like, you know, Chrissy, this is the perfect dog. There's for, always for, exceptions, for, right? No, no, but it's, it's it's the perfect dog for yeah. For her, for, for her, right. like the, the the way that they resonate, and then, and and she now she has a new one, Lawrence, uh, an, an additional. Now that was uh, Jeremy Reitman when he first showed up to a seminar. He mm-hmm. was with his friend who had a service animal. Oh. Um, it was a blue healer. Yeah, that dog was fucking amazing. <sighs> they they showed us a video of him skiing, <laughs> at like, and he bombs down the hill, and yeah, then yeah. like 
you just see like when they turn around you just see this like i've seen a video like this it may have been that video <laughs> oh yeah. shoot it's insane it's amazing it's- so the um I can't. I can't remember his name, but he came. He came to the yeah. gym with Jeremy. Yeah, it's I, off the cuff of my. Head. So I I'm at a the the uh, the the road bike race that that I did in Moab at the end of the year. I think he puts it on. Oh really? Yeah. Oh weird. yeah, because it's we t- we talked after. Yeah, it was a weird thing. So I'm like, I know you. You know me. Yeah. Our yeah, friend yeah. is Jeremy. We met at the gym. And, and oh okay. And I can't remember his name, but he's got sort of a, a race promotion sort of Interesting. company. I'll have to ask um, Jeremy. I can't remember his name. Uh, Cle- Cleish. Cleish? John Cleish? Is what so, I've heard that name. Yeah. Sounds a, right. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe yeah. I'm totally yeah. fucking that up. But uh, Greg and his dog, his dog, like watching his dog actually changed what I thought dogs were capable of because yeah. it was so well behaved and so like he would take the service vest off and it was fucking on like mm-hmm. playtime, but still very obedient. And uh, like from that moment, that's why I started looking at healers. Cause I saw his healer and I was like, okay, they're smart. They're agile. They're smaller. I like a, you know, under 35 pound dog if I could. Yeah. And that's when I first started looking it was because, yeah, I think it is John, but I, I, I yeah, if that, that's ringing a bit. That's ringing a bit. Oh, cool. So, but, but one of the, um, and to think about it, I, it, part of his uh, issue was a hearing disability. Yeah, and uh, and th- that's w- that's what Eric had. Yeah. you know, she, and and, it, and it, at a point where, for for some whatever reason, we were talking about this um, two weeks ago when she came to visit. Um, she said part of the reason that she got Dutchy is because, um, at you know, she'd been go- getting by with hearing aids for a while, and then then something happened. Uh, body chemistry, just mm. so, you know, whatever, and then she she you know became t- totally deaf, and so uh, she needed a hearing dog. Interesting, because there's yeah, she could you could get get this sort of implant that would would help, but not all insurance covers it. It's going to take a while, da, 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 da. and so there was like a year uh, interval between when she was lost her hearing entirely to getting the implant um, that she needed to have a dog to let her know mm. that someone was at the door to that yeah. her alarm clock was going off or, you know, whatever. And, um, and she was kind of explaining this story to me that, 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 that that's how Dutchy, you know, handles it. And she actually posted some videos on, on uh, the Instagram the other day of how, you know, where um, Dutchy can help as a hearing dog. Um, and showed some specific examples of, uh, of something. And, and I, and I was just like, this is, this is an amazing relationship mm-hmm. in a way that, you know, that we can have with dogs and, and maybe, you know, I mean, I always say, and it's kind of tongue in cheek, you know, in some ways, but I just said, yeah, a dog saved my life. I was and, just about to say my disability <laughs> is that I don't know how to love things properly and animals allow me to do that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're, they're that I, uh, end of podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like that's a, a mic drop right there. It's, it's like a human being couldn't teach it to me, but yeah. a dog could, you know, teach the fuck out of me. That's right. Well, on that note, and I mean, <laughs> you know, and Axel's kind of waking up. Yeah. Looks like maybe. Uh, huh? Oh, I heard my name. Hey, He's buddy. Up. Hey. <laughs> Set me free, please. Well, I can't believe it's, it's taken this long to have a dog. Pot. I mean, we've probably butchered all talking about training and whatnot because we're amateurs at because it, we're right? total hacks but we are appreciative idea. of it so i hope it's taken with a grain of salt you should do a uh, cat video podcast next 
<laughs> It'd be short. <laughs> I know. I'm not a cat person. Although if they were bit. like hunting videos, yeah, it'd be, that'd be cool. interesting. Okay. Or if there's like a runner choking out a large cat. <laughs> Which just ha- I didn't read the article, but it just happened. <laughs> totally, it's pretty awesome. I, I just is. I, I want to see the finishing position. Is it like Mattelione, yeah, or you know, yeah, like yeah. which particular <laughs> choke was? Is it a clock choke? You know what it's like. The, you, how do you how do you you know what's the best choke to use on a fucking it, mountain lion? I think the lion killer Mattelione. Yeah. Oh, is probably the yeah yeah probably the one. That's pretty. <laughs> I, I so and in 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 defense of cats, I. I, I, I can't, I don't have a leg to stand on mm. here. But um, when I went for, to do the interview for Kristen Elmer's Voices of Fear mm-hmm. movie, which is out now, you guys can, you know, people, if you're, here, it, I, you know, go see it. I, I saw it, it was super cool. Um, but when I went to do the interview, uh, we did it at her place and they have, uh, she and Kirk have two Savannah cats. Yeah, the twos, yeah, right? yeah. And, and uh, I, I, one of them was MIA, you know, who knows? It was off, <laughs> like kill, children. killing shit um, <laughs> or whatever. Uh, but, but the other one was there and I was like, I looked at it and I went, oh my God, this, this thing belongs in the wild. Oh yeah. Now, and not that you've taken it out of the wild and you're a bad person for it, but just like looking at it and the way that it moved, mm-hmm. Like holy it's shit! A, that's it's a, a fucking two, or it might be a, a V one. It's a natural born killer right there. I I, I met one of them. I have. Okay. I think it's a V one or V two, which means it's I don't one know. generation away from a serval. Okay. okay. So you go uh, one generation further. You're talking about a sixty pound cat that kills children. Like they, they are wow. as close to wild cats that are domesticated that I think you can get. We looked at getting a serval a long time ago as a joke, but not really. Because yeah. we got real serious about it. Until as soon as I, you realize, like, oh no, is that like an ocelot? Yeah, yeah, okay. very, very similar, like size wise. Yeah. Um, like, it I looks only like know a that wild from, cat. I like, only know I mean, that from Archer. But oh, okay, <laughs> the, they the warnings so, were could be wrong. Yeah, right up front. Hey, <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you own any other animals, this is not the animal for you. If you have children under the age of ten, this is not the animal wow. for you because it will stalk them and it will probably rip their intestines out. It's like, whoa, <gasps> that's like a warning that comes yeah. on, on the hang tag. With Pretty the, much with like, the, like everywhere that is breeding to, them tells okay. you straight up front, this, this cat kills things. So I'm not going to, I can't get one at PetSmart. <laughs> no, probably not. They're really expensive. They're like six grand. For, I, is that overkill? That is, for that is the, actually what Kristen said. She said it was, it was really expensive. Yeah. To well, get hers them, are probably more. Because oh. the Serbal, like, no one wants to fuck around with that. Okay. So they're only, they're under 10. But I think hers are worth, like, 30 grand. If it's a V1 oh, or a V2, those are, like, some of the most expensive cats I, you can get. I don't know. It was a, it was a beautiful animal, oh. though. I mean, yeah. amazing. They're, I'll defend them for that because I love how what they do as animals. I'm just not a cat guy. Yeah. Which says something about somebody. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I got to... I, I had a I had a line drawn on that one, but um, I, and this is what when when people but, but excuse I have two, it, but right? I have two dear friends, sure, Sean Kingry, yeah, and he, yeah, and Kristen. I'm just like, okay, uh, and, you, you know, you're. This you're, is what gets me though. I mean, who, who else them, has the DM the death metal kitty? Who has a DMK? That's pretty awesome. You know, I mean, you're just like, <laughs> I just, it kills me because whenever you're like, oh, I don't like cats. You're like, oh, you'd love my cat. It's just like a dog. And I go, no, I wouldn't because I would it's, just get a dog. I would just get a dog. Yeah. Like you always compare the right. likeness of a cat by calling it a dog. Like, oh no, he like cuddles and he comes no. when you call him and he chases the thing when you throw it. And I'm like, 
why not fuck around? Just get a dog because it, my dogs... brother and his girlfriend have <laughs> your cats. cat shits in the house. Yeah, exactly. And then, exactly. And then, and then walks on the kitchen counter. Yeah. yeah, my brother and his girlfriend have cats, and uh, they they live up on like kind of between Capitol Hill and Marmalade, mm-hmm. and they never compare their cats to uh-huh. dogs. They're just like, no, we like cats, and their okay. cats are cool. And you go to their house and kind of watch. Th- their cats aren't terribly social, but you kind of watch them do their thing through the house, and it's like. Hey, you know what? Like this works for you guys. Yeah, super cool. You're not trying to mm-hmm. turn it into something that it's not, and um, and and it's yeah, cool. And we have to, you know, respect our temperamental differences. Yeah. That's right. Fair enough. And you know, and I mean, and it goes down to so it's like, okay, you're a cat person, you're a dog person, and then it was, okay, if you're a dog person, then okay, Michael, right now you're an Aussie person. Ben, you're a shepherd person. I'm a Nikita guy hmm. person. Whatever is and. Except I'm the only one with no dog. And so, if, we, and if, if next we, time we record a podcast, <laughs> I might change. I don't know. I mean, I, a, the, the good thing about all those different breeds is when we die in our house alone or maybe with our loved companion, the dog won't try to eat your fucking face, but a cat will. <laughs> and right there, uh, kind of says it off. We Death had, Metal Kitty will eat your face for sure. Oh, Sorry, oh, Sean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But you'll be part of the food chain and it'll be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, you probably leave a note that says, Sorry for the mess. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Written like, as a cat can write. You know. If anybody yeah. can get that reference and email us, there's a free t shirt involved. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. I like yeah. that. Yeah. I like that because I get the reference. Can I get a shirt? Yeah. Because there's one. one I really want. That would, well, we haven't made it yet, but. Um, <laughs> Ben, thank you. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, you know, we, I, I said, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna talk for like uh, ninety minutes, maybe max, on because because you know that's huh. his first groan." There we go, Axel. <laughs> um, and so now we've been talking for a bit longer than that. That's all right. Well, yeah, thank so, you, was, and and thank you for Saturday again. I mean, I, I think thank it was you, thank you for Saturday at. Um, yeah, I, I think as you said, we all needed it. We did. And I'm I'm happy that Axel is here. Here he is, and 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 actually here with yeah. us. And uh, I hope that he and Lambert can sort out their stuff so that there can be you know, you know maybe other visits. Exactly, I'm sure they'll figure can. it out. Lambert's amicable. Yeah. Plus, in four months, things change. So yeah, that's, oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Snip, he'll, snip. He'll be an 18-month-old then. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. and uh, you know his. But also be in a mason jar. <laughs> that's not a reference to moonshine or comets or anything like that. Nothing cool. That's so last year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Ben, thank you. Thanks, guys. Mm.